This episode of World Class Bullshitters is brought to you by StealingSolo.com. Stealing Solo is the greatest Star Wars parody since Spaceballs and the greatest what-if story of all time. It answers the question, what if a group of disgruntled Star Wars fans kidnap Harrison Ford and force him to remake Star Wars in their basement? That and a whole lot more is answered in Stealing Solo, a captain's parody. You can only get it from me because I wrote and I drew the book, and it's available for a limited time only because there's a limited supply left. I crowdfunded this book in the past, and I'm getting rid of the backstock of the original printing. And when I do, the first thing I'm going to do is go out and make the sequel with Mark Hamill. And then there's a third follow-up book titled Frankenfisher, The Bride of Solo. I want to thank everyone who's been buying the book over at StealingSolo.com. By the way, that website's powered by Shopify, so you get the reward-winning service and security. And the books ship out all the time. If you bought a book over the past week, it's already on its way to you, and it could possibly be to you already. So folks, if you want to get a copy of Stealing Solo, there's only one way to do it. Go to StealingSolo.com today. The following is a world-class Bullshitters exclusive. Welcome to World Class Bullshitters, the epitome of pop culture. I'm your host, Jeff Hicks, and with me tonight is the one, the only, Dion Green. Mm, baby, baby, boys and girls, children of all ages, we are back, we are at it, and we are still black as night, darknesses, darknesses, and also, hey, if you thought you were having a bad week, don't worry, at least you're not hide, because <laughs> turns out he was right, only it didn't take five years. Oh, God damn. Well, I guess we know where we're going to be going with that topic in just a moment, but folks, before we do, let's introduce the rest of the crew. Say hello to Big Rig Nikutam. Uh, I got, I, I just got my order of Lome. I'm ready to go. I forgot to text you guys, but seriously, last Friday, I got lo mein for lunch. I got lo mein, <laughs> an egg roll, and a spring roll, and I was going to make a little video of it, but I was so hungry, I ate it all. And just you ate it all, like, right there? I honestly did. I started eating in the car. I was like, fuck this, man. <laughs> now, now, folks, you may see a fourth person here tonight. We have a special guest host here on WCVS. Say hello to our good friend for all the way from the place to be reviews. You know him. You love him. Eat Tepokoyan. It is I. It is he. It is me, P-double-D, Tepokoyan, from the place to be reviews, right here with all of yous. Some say I hail from Our Lady of the Courageous Caucasians, but no, that's okay. Not from the Caucasus Mountains. I am straight out of the murder mitten, and thank you for having me this evening. It's great to be here with these esteemed gentlemen who I know and love. Well, the feeling's mutual, my friend. Now, uh, you were there at Horror Hound. This is yes, the sir. Horror Hound crew, technically. We were all there. We all had the fun. Uh, Kendo had some family obligations that he had to attend to. Like we always say here on the channel, family comes first. But, uh, Pete, we hung out. We had a wonderful time. What was the highlight of the con for you? Honestly, the highlight of the con for me was um, those creepy nuns. No, uh, it, <laughs> it, was, it was just getting to hang out with everybody. Um, it was a blast. The con atmosphere has been, that's the second horror hound I've attended this year. And I'll be in Cincinnati in March again. So it was, honestly, oh, yeah. it, was it was probably St. Elmo's. Um, that, yes. that was... I felt like Ray Liotta and Goodfellas. I mean, we we all walked in in suits. Um, you know, people were looking at us. You know, my wife was only female there. I was like, uh, is she like you know Esmeralda Esmeralda Blanca or something? You know, um, <laughs> it, it was fun. That was a blast. The food was delicious, and uh, the company was even better. It was a wonderful meal. You talk about planning something out in your head and hoping it turns out right. Well, everything at Horror Hound this year did, folks. 
I mean, from the delicious meal to the the fans that came to hang out. I mean, we had people show up in a RoboCoke Lines of Justice shirt. So it was a very nice return to the public world. Uh, we haven't been to Horror Hound Indianapolis since the last time they hosted one. And that was four years ago. Uh, you know, since you, by the way, since you mentioned, uh, here we are all, all in our suits. Uh, that was a hell of a night. So that's St. Elmo's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the classiest joint in Indianapolis, which is a pretty solid city. And there's world-class bullshitters. Minus Kendo. <laughs> Sorry, Kendo. <laughs> we had to do all the fun stuff without you, buddy. No, no, no. But yeah, we, we did miss a hell out of him, though. It was, uh, yeah, every, every time we did something fun, we are like, Kendo would love this. Why isn't he here? <sighs> well, Kendo, uh, good luck tonight. Give him hell. Now, folks, we're going to start the show like we always do, saying hail to everyone in the chat. Hello, thank you for joining us to episode 371 of World Class Bullshitters, the epitome of pop culture. Today we're going to be covering a multitude of topics, but I want to start out by making an announcement. This week has started the WCBS Fantasy Football Draft. Now, folks, we had a draft on Tuesday night. We recorded a supplemental piece of content, an episode, a bonus one, if you would even like to call it that. Uh, that'll be up on Patreon tomorrow, so you can get ready to hear the WCBS uh, crew, gang, whatever you want to call us as a group. But if you want to listen to us talk about our football drafts, Kendo gave us the rundown of who statistically has the best chance of winning and a whole lot more. You know, they say that all drafts are created equal, but you look at ours and you look at everyone else's and, you know, that's just not true, okay? World-class bullshit is the place to be, I guess, this football season, not hockey season, not soccer season, WrestleMania season on the side. But folks, go over to Patreon.com and check that out tonight. Also coming to Patreon, another bonus episode. We kind of like you guys. We love you guys, actually. So we always want to give you more for giving us the support to be able to do this. So another bonus episode, probably another, what, 90 minutes, Nick? We recorded for quite a while last night. Oh, no, it was, yeah, it was about 90 minutes. Because I think, yeah, the first little bit was us talking about the draft. And uh, then we went on for, you know, we went on for a long time. So it was good. Yeah, it was a wonderful uh, excuse to get away. But folks, that'll be over on Patreon.com. And then also, License to Kill's coming, and we have two tiers for that. If you're at the $5 tier where you get access to all the audio stuff, you'll get to listen to that commentary. But if you're at the video tier, which is $10, you'll be able to watch along with us at home. So if you want to do that, you know what to do. And I'm a James Bond expert, or so I've been called by a lot of people. But check that out. Um, also, also, two folks. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, I was going to say, um, also, I, I know somebody uh, asked last week about... Top ten songs, things like that. I just got done, literally the second, uh, putting them up on our on our links in our bio. Uh, they are Spotify links there for all of our playlists for uh, for for me, Jeff, uh, Dion, and Kendo uh, on there. So you have our distinct playlist, top ten, uh, our our top ten songs, you know that we can that we can think of uh, in those playlists. So yeah, enjoy that. You know what? I'm gonna pull that up real quick because I want to see what our list is. Uh... Well, no, that's like yeah, they're all individual. Uh, unless we want to do a collective WCBS list, we can do that too. I think you should do that as well. We could, we should have Kendo like we'll rank those songs and come up with an aggregate of like what our list would be. Because I know we did the one last week where we each picked a couple songs, but that was kind of on the fly. Yeah, uh, yeah, Nick, that was that was a that was a very complicated question we got at the end of the show. I mean, thank you for the thank you for the question, but like <laughs> that requires a lot more thoughts. And see, we, we pull through for you guys. So uh, that is on Spotify right now. I will pull up that link in a minute. I don't want to hijack the show. Nick, send me a link to the link tree so I can check it out <laughs> okay. quicker. Um, 
But I'm excited to to check out that list myself. I saw Dion's list, Dion, and that was respectable, man. Uh, your song by Tom Jones. I was blown away that that made your top ten. Yeah, man, I love that song. So do I. Thunderball's wonderful. It's a good movie. It's got the best looking Bond women, hands down. Work related, you know, I got you know, you got your your playlist. You know, certain people take playlists a different way. For me, you know, when I think of top ten, I think of I'm going in the killer mode. I'm going, you know, I'm either about to spar, or I gotta fucking, I gotta look cool in front of some motherfuckers at work. I gotta impress my girl. That's the shit. And you turn on Thunderball, bitch. You turn on Thunderball, bitch. I'm ready to fucking go. Let's go. Tommy, let's go. Thunder, I'm going to turn that shit on right now. I'm getting Jack Jack all ripped. <laughs> I just love that Tom Jones passes out at the end of the song. All right, that makes me laugh every time now, whenever I hear it. <laughs> See, folks, if you don't understand, Shirley Bassey sang the previous James Bond song, Goldfinger, where she held an incredibly long note. We've all heard the song. We know how it goes. But Tom Jones did not want to be upstaged by Dame Shirley Bassey. So... Tom Jones held out the final note of Thunderball until he passed out. So if you listen closely at the end of the song, like Dion displayed a moment ago, he goes, ah, and just kind of they're like, no, they didn't fade that out. That dude sang his heart out till he passed out. So let's check out. Uh, okay, we're already on the screen. Let me uh, click on one of these. I'll do mine later. Let's see what Coach Kendo's is. So. Yes, we'll open Spotify. We're not going to play anything on air. But yeah. uh, Coach Kendo's top 10 list. Great. Is this? Let's see. I'm getting all these pop-ups now for Spotify. <laughs> there we are. Couch Kendo. Nick, you might want to fix that. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I noticed that. I wasn't going to say anything, but I'm like, you're not supposed <laughs> to say couch. Oh, God. Here's what. Here's what. Yeah. When, 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 when I do it like really quickly like that, I just like I just go and I don't think about it. So, yeah. Uh, let me. Uh, let me go. Uh, you know, change that right now. I'm just gl I'm glad this is a historic WCBS moment. Episode 371, Couch Kendo. It's like, how many ways can we disrespect him? The fact that he's not you here tonight. Known as Couch Kendo. Couch Kendo. He's going to be like, how the fuck did I get that name? I wasn't even here. I'm like, Kendo? Couch, excuse me, Couch Kendo? That's how we get the best fucking nicknames. He's, he's just going to tell you that's Dr. Couch Kendo to you. One day. One day he'll be there. And when that day comes, I'll still call him Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Just to piss him off. It's like, hey, Mr. Kendo, it's Dr. Kendo. <laughs> no. Unless you're, you know, fixing my bum knee. I don't give a shit. Anyway, Kendo's list. Uh, we have Iron Maiden, Power Slave, the 1998 remaster. Danger Zone from Top Gun by Kenny Loggins. Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin. That's a great song. That's a great Midnight song. Rider by the Allman Brothers Band. Hangar 18 by Megadeth, The Four Horsemen by Metallica, Angel of Death by Slayer, Cigarettes and Alcohol by Oasis, Regulate by Warren G and Nate Dogg, and finally, To Be My Enemy, The Departure. Yep. Any opinions on Ken Couch Kendo's list? That's a great list. I've karaoke Midnight Rider about a hundred times. I love that song. <laughs> I've never heard it. Oh, really? That's a, that's a great song. I'll play it for myself later. I may know it and just not know the song title. You've probably heard it. I'll guarantee you've heard that at one time or another on a classic rock station. It's, it's a you great know, song. It, 
it breaks my heart what's considered classic rock these days because it's like to, like everybody like oh yeah man classic rock is like led zeppelin or the doors it's like yeah man classic rock is like green day and smash mouth and nirvana i'm like oh man whoa what you have to say it they're, they're talking about music that was on when I was in middle school. That's not fair. I don't yeah, it's like I remember when these songs were brand new. Like, one day Maroon 5 will be classic rock. And they kind of suck. Can you see I mean, that? If you're and, saying by definition, uh, Songs About Jane is a great album. Other than that, <laughs> I wouldn't say classic. You are the Coming only up, black yeah. dude that can name a album like that off the top of your head man maroon five <laughs> world class and i'm on a pop culture podcast if there's one thing you can guess this black dude does that's gotta be on the fucking list next you're gonna tell me you like the jonas brothers i don't say that i like the jonas brothers but i will say as my family loves to laugh about i fucks with me some harry styles oh okay <laughs> Well, let's uh, check out your playlist, Mr. Harry Styles, to see how much Harry Styles Mr. Harry is on He's Mr. List. Harry Green. No, I don't forget that shit. Oh, all right. Well, the man with the plan, Dion Green. There we are. That's some old artwork by me. It looks cool, though. Oh, Dion, again, your list is great. We have Is Cooking, The Rocks Theme by Jim Johnston. They Don't Give a Fuck About Us by Tupac and Outlaws. Tell Him I Said That by T.I. Duel of the Fates by John Williams and the London Symphony Orchestra. <laughs> Trap Star by Jeezy. Put On by Jeezy. Side note, that was Dion's entrance theme in the old wrestling yeah. games when you could put your own custom music. I cannot not hear that song and think of Dion in college just going like, yeah, this is it! <laughs> Bro, I thought you forgot about that. Holy shit, we're bonding! He's my best <laughs> It'll never, that bond will never die. I mean, come on, man. Oh, fuck. Uh, I didn't even think you remember SVR that. bros for life. Bros for life, bro? Uh, also, we have Thunderball by Tom Jones, and then that by Jeezy and Manny Fresh. Short Change Hero by The Heavy, and People Get Up and Drive Yourself, Drive Your Funky Soul by James Brown, Fred Wesley's, and the JBs. All in all, a solid list by the one, the only, Dion Green. Now, Dig it. Uh, let's see. Nick, let's check yours out. Ooh, Nick has got a new name here on the show. We'll have to turn this into a t-shirt for you in a comic book. <laughs> yeah, I tried giving the everybody Bombay fucking... The Bombay Bad Boy. I tried giving everybody fucking nicknames. Yeah. <laughs> Bombay Bad Boy. Oh, I'm seeing... Boy. I'm only calling you that now for my... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Folks, if you refer to Nick as anything but Bombay Bad Boy... Hold on, we should try to do this. For the rest oh, of the God. show, Dion and Pete, we oh, should God. all try to call Nick the Bombay Bad Boy. Every time it's gonna be, every time you refer to me, it's gonna it's gonna take you a second and a half longer to, to talk to me. But here's the thing, after we mess up and call you Nick, we should each take a point down for every time we do that. <laughs> then on our next drunk stream, we have to start off by taking shots oh, before the show. Oh dear God. So that number. Okay, I'll take that silence as a no, we won't do that. But folks, <laughs> when the drunk commentaries come back, they're gonna, we're going to be hitting it hard, okay? Back in the Midwest. We got some good alcohol here. So, speaking of good, Nick's list is very good. It starts out with Thriller by Michael Jackson, 
Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears. Hmm. Fat Lip by Sum 41. All I Do is Win by T-Pain, the DJ Khaled. That's a good song, too. <laughs> My Curse by Killswitch Engage. September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Out of Touch by Hall and Oates. Area Codes by Ludacris and Nate Dog. I had that album as a kid. Back in Time, Huey Lewis in the News. And Fly Me to the Moon by Frank Sinatra. What a classy way to close yeah, out. Yeah, I, I was all over the fucking place. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? It's time, man. I get it. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 my my uh, my ADD playlist, <laughs> and it's a great playlist though. That's a yeah. great one. That's a great. I fucking love Fly Me to the Moon. I remember, you know, especially when Hill and I first started dating, she was going through a hardcore Frank Sinatra phase, and I think I got her because that's like 2009. There was anniversary of some album, and I bought it for her. And we listened to that bitch back to the back like. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is, but it seems like everybody I know around our age range has gone through that. It's very strange, but yeah. it's, it, it's still good, though. It's good. It's good. Well, my theory is, you know, our specific generation, you know, movies and obviously that, you know, performers who were, you know, back then we call them triple threats or whatever. You can act, you can sing, and you can dance. And, you know, not that Frank Sinatra was the best dancer in the world, but so much of that music is associated with that with that old showbiz mindset. And we grew, you know, we were coming out of that. So, you know, I fucking and even on my workout, um, fucking uh, That's Life is on my fucking workout. Oh, that's a good one. That's a real good one. Yeah, yep. man. I, you know, Blue Eyes is, listen, dude, I will never get mad at someone for putting old Blue Eyes on their fucking top 10 playlist ever. Fair enough. Well said. I, I'm sorry. I was sharing out the link of the show. Uh, just quick, give me a quick second. But apparently, I'm El Jefe. So Nick, I'm cool <laughs> with that name. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's just post this. We're live. That's right. And just for people who don't know, one of the reasons it became iconic is because on a on, on a drunk stream, Jeff didn't make it to rush hour three. And it was just Nick Kendo and I trying to get his attention. Because the movie ended, and then uh, eventually he put it in one of the previews for for the channel, where it's just kind of going, El Jefe! <laughs> oh, yeah, so I can have fun with that. On YouTube, period. My favorite part is, in the end of that trailer, I have the snoring, the snoring, the yep. snoring. And then Nick goes, where did everybody go? <laughs> Oh, yeah. that was my, that's I, my cause favorite I woke moment because I fucking woke up and, and like at my desk I was like what the fuck's going on I, just didn't, I didn't realize I fell asleep I was so drunk yeah well listen, that's what I want especially once we you know when we get a couple million followers and everything and we got a whole bunch of channel shit meeting fans or whatever and we do a live stream with a camera we just gotta remember to not pull the Paul Pierce because he recently did that shit when he you know he did some NBA live stream and, it, and he was drinking he bought like his side piece and he was talking wild, and Kevin Garnett's like, "Hey, yo, man, we're live." And you have that moment where he remembers that he's live. I mean, as long as we don't go there, we'll be okay. I, th- I think we'll be fine. Oh, so, uh, let's read my list. So, on my list is "Everybody Wants to Rule the World." Great crossover song, Nick. Uh, True Faith by New Order. Super Freak by Rick James. Save Me by Shine Down. Save Tonight by Eagle Eye Cherry. Axel F. by Harold Faltermeyer. Police Truck by Dead Kennedys. Beat It by Michael Jackson. 
Wood, Allison Chains, and Down Under by Men at Work. So, Nick, like you, my playlist is full of 80s and ADD. Yeah, so, I was about to say, I was like, we both have, with the Michael Jackson, we both have uh, Tears of Fears. That's just a good song. That's just a really good song. It is. I've had more fun listening to that song, uh, drinking, or actually just any time. Sober, drunk, it doesn't matter. Everybody wants to rule the world is a good time. Yep. That Tears for Fear is one of my favorite bands growing up in the 80s. Are you, yeah. And especially being a fan of Dennis Miller, and that was his kind of entrance theme for his HBO uh, you know, show in the 90s. Yeah, Tears for Fears is just ingrained in my DNA, and that is a great, it is it's a fantastic song overall. Yeah, I don't want to risk a copy strike to play it right now, but I would love yeah, to I know. Uh, <laughs> just could open it up in another tab and let's do it myself while we're on air, but that would not be professional. Oh, so let's keep going. So that was our playlist, folks. Uh, join us over on our Spotify Spotify links. There we go. Uh, just look up World Class Bullshitters on Spotify. Look for Jeff Hicks, Dion Green, Nick Utam, and Couch Kendo coming soon. To a playlist <laughs> That's changed now. It's been, it got changed immediately. I it's fine. Hold on, I gotta take a screenshot of this before I refresh the page because I want to remember this moment forever. Okay, all right. This moment in time is beautiful. You know what? I'm actually gonna record a video of me rolling it over. So let's see. Get yeah. the phone ready. Record. Yeah, I'll just tweet this out in a minute. And Couch Kendo became Coach Kendo. What a disappointment. <laughs> Woe is me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so uh, folks, we're just trying a little, a uh, few new things out here on the channel. We thought we'd give you a little more about us. And there's our musical tastes. Uh, we'll uh, tweet at us at World Class BS and tell you, tell us if we have any crossover. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe for our channel playlist, we can do 20 songs instead of 10. Just kind of give it because you know, once again, there's four of us. It'd make a little bit more sense if there were 20 songs instead of uh, just 10. I think 10 is too little. I agree. Now, guys, last week we played our uh, our box office game, and I'm looking for the numbers right here because uh, I would like to see who won last week. Our film was Equalizer 3, starring Denzel Washington. Dion, have you had a chance to go out and see it? No, we did not go and see it yet. That's the plan for this weekend with the wife, though. So uh, we will have a review ready for you guys. Well, I, uh... I am looking for those numbers. I don't think I can find them right here this second on air. But I'll tweet out uh, who the winner is to keep that up. But this week, uh, do we have a big release this week? I don't think so. No, I don't think we do. Because Do Hillary thought we had one, and we looked at it before. When Fuck yeah, I don't think we have. I don't think we have a big release this week. All right, because I don't want to, you know take off the uh, this section of the show or anything, but since we don't have a new movie to do this week, I mean, what can we bet on? Um, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, there's, um... Oh, shit, The Nun 2 comes out this week. Okay, yeah, The Nun okay. 2. Um, Big Fat does... Greek Wedding and then uh, My Animal, so I don't know what the fuck that is. Yeah, there's, so. also, there's also Dumb Money and, what is it, uh, Saw 10. Wait, Saw 10? Saw 10, Jeez. yeah, Saw 10. All right, let's, okay, let's do a twofer. So what was the first movie you said is opening this weekend? Sorry. Uh, Short-term uh, memory. None 2. None 2. Okay, so this is a double horror weekend. We're not even in Schlocktoberfest, folks. No. Yes, we're just, it's coming we're back. Get ready. Now, Saw 10 
versus none two. Let's have a comp- let's see who's gonna fight this week. Those two movies are gonna fight. Uh, first off, Pete, since you're our guest tonight, who's gonna make more money, Saw Ten or the None Two? Uh, the None Two. I'm gonna go with that one. It's I think it's got more relevancy, being as the Conjuring universe is way more relevant than Saw at this point. I mean, the law of diminishing returns. I haven't seen a Saw movie since I think the fifth one. Maybe I used to go see them every year when they came out. And after like four or five, it was just kind of like, I'm, I'm about done with this. But I I think uh, having just watched the first nun, I I see that one doing better at the box office this weekend. Uh, Dion, nun two or saw 10. I'm gonna go with saw 10. You know, the conjuring has put in a lot of fucking groundwork. That universe, you know, in terms of just in terms of franchises overall, you know, is is a reminder that the horror genre is a goddamn heavy hitter. That being said, name brand recognition, whether it's good, bad, and indifferent, uh, Saw has that. You know, especially for you know, I'm, I'm a horror fan, fucking hardcore horror fans. You know, Jigsaw is kind of like you know, he's he's not the antihero, but he's He's that interesting character that even when the movies are bad, people are still drawn to him. So uh, as much as I would rather be the nun, too, that makes more money, you know, and as much as it kind of annoys the shit out of me, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with with Saltan. And what do you think it's going to make? Saltan? Mm-hmm. Opening weekend, I think it's going to do, I think it's going to do a solid, I'd say 50 mil. 50 mil. 50 mil. Uh, Pete, what do you think uh, the Dun 2 is going to make? Oof. Um, I'm probably going to say between – I'll go I'll go with uh, I'll go with about 40. I mean, I, I'd like to say it's going to make more, but I don't know how much Saw is going to make. I'll go with about 40 mil on that one. Are we just looking domestic or, or worldwide? Just domestic. We don't, domestic. We don't operate outside of U.S. borders okay. anymore. All right, you know, that's good. A little, little sovereignty, little sovereignty in the box yeah. office. Uh, we don't worry about those Chinese releases over here. Um, no, I'll, I'll say 40 mil for the uh, for the nun, too. Nick, same question to both, or same questions to you, sir. Uh, I'm going to go the nun because you, you, you created a new horror character with that. The, the, the creepy nun character was created in the first one. And it's, um, you know. Once again, uh, with with that whole with that whole universe from Blumhouse and things like that, that's pretty strong now. We're in the tenth saw. I mean, how different can it be? Eh, you know, even though this is none too, it's you know, I'm going to say that's going to be the none, and I'm going to say uh, 45, 45 million. All right, and I'm also going none too, but I'm going lowest twenty million, and I'm going to guess Ooh. saw just for the hell of it makes seven million dollars this weekend. <laughs> seven million. <laughs> I'm that's, guessing it makes dude, something. That's, that's, that's it. Rough. That's my guess. Well, I mean, remember uh, the reason we didn't have any more saws is because um, I think when like what four or five or six came out, um, we had Paranormal Activity and it beat it by like a million dollars, and then there was no more saws after that. Um, well, that was also that bullshit ass. You know, saw it kind of stopped being horror and became more torture porn. You know, kind of. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. You know, I, like don't get me wrong. You know, I love me some Eli Roth, but it started going the Eli Roth territory where it's like we just want to see some crazy shit for the sake of crazy. You've got to be shitting me. 
Lions just turned I guess the ball something over. happened to the they, fucking. Wait, they, uh, they, they just turned what? it over. Yeah, oh, oh my god. Damn it. You always know exactly what time this show took place. <sighs> if you're well, Michigan... were, we were on, remember, we were live when the fucking Hail Mary in Detroit happened. I think when, I do remember that. It was Rogers to Rogers, and we were on the show. Dust to dust. In in old uh uh Curtis Lendonfield, aka Duck Duck was on the show. I'm gonna find him. Shut the fuck up, bitch! I will fucking kill you. Shut up! I will beat you to death. Shut! I was furious. So you know, apologies for my outburst. But um, I would yeah, like man. one of our listeners to tell us what episode number that is, so we can oh, uh, turn that into a button. Shut the fuck up, bitch! You know, blah 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 blah. Over the damn Detroit line. Ain't that a bitch over the line? Um, speaking of Eli Roth, um, he finally, finally released, or is going to release it this November, Thanksgiving. The fake trail that happened in the Grindhouse movie uh, from, I think, 07 or 08, that everybody's seen, probably reposted like a, a millions of times throughout the years. He's finally made it and is finally releasing uh, this this Thanksgiving, this November. What, How's the what trailer do you, Nick? Yeah, yeah, he dropped the trailer uh, today. What there it what is. Was the movie? <laughs> Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Okay, I don't. Remember that one. Oh, he, yeah, 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 it is a Banks moment, huh? Wait, say what? Has Elizabeth Banks moment where he's like, "I'm just gonna make some crazy ass fucking movies," and they weren't all that great. It's like, okay, let me give the people what they actually want to fucking see. And his, it's essentially his cocaine bear. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Basically, basically, you know, we haven't gotten. I don't think we've gotten a lot of like horror Thanksgiving movies, except for some, you know, like, um, like, like, sorry, big studio horror Thanksgiving movies. We haven't gotten. Uh, we've gotten Christmas and other things as well. Uh, but this is, I think, um, he wanted to make Thanksgiving, and he just, you know, he finally did after the uh, once again, yeah, the Grindhouse. Uh, they came out in two thousand seven. They had the trailers with them and everything. Um, everyone's like, oh, when are you going to make it? When are you going to make it? He's like, oh, eventually, eventually, after I fucking fail. Uh, rem- remember, he had a a haunted house in Vegas that lasted, um, I think, 10 months and then went into bankruptcy. So Ooh. that was fun. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. Eli Raw, I'm glad, I'm glad you're back on Earth, Eli. Welcome back, buddy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think he said last year, two years ago, he's like, oh, I'm going to actually, I'm trying to, I'm actually going to make Thanksgiving. It's like, about fucking time. About fucking time. So I guess we'll have to review that when it comes out, Nick. Yeah, that's gonna happen. It looks it looks fun. It looks good. Uh, I'm excited about it because yeah, we, the the there's an official trailer and a date and everything, so it looks really good. All right, so let me take off this damn playlist off the screen. Uh, that'd be great. Sorry, I have another tab open with the show, and it threw me off. <laughs> I'm just like, wait, we're still looking at that. God. So. Uh, let me pull up the list and see what we're going to talk about. So, yes, folks, that is our box office game replacement for this week. The battle between Saw 10 and The Nun 2. So, guys, let's take a vote. Do we want to start with, one, the Jimmy Fallon Toxic Workplace, the Rotten Tomatoes Pale Scandal, which will be two, or three, the Danny Masterson Sentence? Uh, we can we can start with, I love shit on Jimmy Fallon, so I'm never going to turn that down. <laughs> All right. I would, 
Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. That sounds good. All right, so Jimmy Fallon. So as you guys know, uh, Jimmy Fallon's been the late night... Uh, is he the talk show king? Is he bigger than Jimmy Kimmel? I, I, I'm assuming Jimmy Kimmel right now and has been for the last few years. And well, yeah, I think the Tonight I, Show is, is probably going to be, at least name brand-wise, bigger than, uh, than the Jimmy Kimmel show on ABC. Yeah. <laughs> I used to see... Yeah. Jimmy Fallon hosts the Universal Tram Tour all the time, and like his brand of humor got so stale to me. I just, you know, I don't know. I developed a hate for him. So this doesn't add to the health. But uh, I'm sorry, Pete, to cut you off. What were you saying? No, uh, I was just gonna say Fallon is like he stepped in. Was it for uh, Leno? Was it after Jay Leno left? I believe I so. Mean, that's yeah. That's a that's going from a like a Bentley to a. a like a, I don't know a Pinto, uh, Jimmy Fallon isn't funny. Jay Leno was a comedian. Jimmy Fallon is just a little, just sniveling wimp who has horrible writing and an even worse attitude. Apparently, I mean he he's never been funny. I don't I don't honestly ever remember a time where I was like, man, Jimmy Fallon is you know like he's he's honestly like he's funny. Or he's made me laugh. There's but the late night talk show circuit is a joke and it has been for how long you know i mean this guy you don't you don't have comedians anymore because you can't really have comedians anymore because everybody gets offended by comedy and it kind of dampens the spirit of the art it does i mean we talk about how there has been a great comedy in years that come out in theaters and that just adds to the climate we're in now it's not like there's a lack of creative ideas or a lack of wonderful i mean there's that film where Robert Downey Jr. plays the Mexican and Jamie Foxx is, uh, well, they go to Mexico for some basketball game or something. That sounds great, but they know they can't release it because it's, you know, uh, too controversial for the climate we live in, but screw the climate we live in. It'd be a lot better if they would have the nerve to release it and just accept, oh, a couple Karens on the internet are going to make a stink. It's not like they're going to, you know, get the movie banned or anything like that. Robert Downey Jr. can't get canceled for a movie. He has already done the Kirk Lazarus thing back in the day, and it's a return to form. So, yes, comedy is dead, and that really bothers me. Especially because, like, let me rephrase it. Comedy is not dead dead, because you'll see stuff, but it, it's more of like an uh, independently produced comedy. Like we always say, the independent stuff is the better stuff right now. Uh, are you guys, do you guys feel the same way about that? No, I, would, I wouldn't say that comedy is dead. I, I, you know, comedy is definitely in a weird place i mean it's, it's definitely i you know i i wouldn't say the phrase under attack but it's definitely uh you know overly criticized is what i would say is comedy. i mean you still have you know despite what the internet says you know jave Chappelle was still putting out bangers you know and at the same time again you know the the other side of that the part that a lot of people don't want to talk about is comedians are very fucking sensitive you know, it is, and again, I said before, I'll say it again. Comedy is the hardest, is the hardest form of art. You know, to make someone laugh on command is is um, is one of the hardest things to do in all of entertainment. You know, to, to to read the will of the room, to say something that makes everybody fucking laugh. That's fucking. I mean, it's terrifying just to think about. At the same time. Um, you know, Chris Rock, you know, we get it, man. Like, 
you know, some shit went down at the beginning of the year, you know, that last effort was was half-assed. I hate to break it to you, that was half-assed. You know, every the, the world stopped when Dave Chappelle came back. It was hilarious. But we're also dealing with fucking Brendan Schaub and what's that other motherfucker's name from, um, from, uh, huh? And, and Tom Segura. Like, you can't, I get it. You know, people are getting way too hard on comedy, but at the same time, the same shit I said to Brie Larson, do the fucking job. Do the fucking job. Tom Segura has been living on that goddamn machine bit for the last fucking decade, and he made a a silly ass, bare bones movie with Luke Skywalker. I get it. Comedy's hard. That shit's unacceptable. You know, Two Bears, (laughs) One Cave is a great great podcast, but you are fucking almost 60, dude. You getting drunk and taking your shirt off can't be your entire fucking bit. It just can't anymore. That's fucking half-assed. You fucked up. You know, and then again, you know, people forget Joe Rogan's actually funny. And yes, comedians are kind of under fire right now. It sucks kind of a pain in the ass. But hey, yo, bro, what the fuck are you talking about, Joe? What the fuck are you talking about? Tell jokes, bitch. That's your job. You know, you wanting to get into it with people on Twitter all the goddamn time. You moved to Texas. We fucking, it, okay, you moved to Texas. Let it go. So I love comedians. It's one of my favorite arts. But at the same time, you know, everyone clapped like a seal when Dave Chappelle was like, if you want to be taken seriously, you have to be able to take a joke. And the amount of motherfuckers in comedy right now who can't take a joke, get with it, baby. Do the job. I don't want to hear all this other bullshit. So I wouldn't say it's dead. But we're kind of at an impasse right now. You know, people have to remember what's funny. And people also, especially comedians, sometimes you got to remember, sometimes you need to shut the fuck up. Um, well said. Um, Mic drop, motherfucker. I need another drink. I'll be right back. <laughs> so that was a really, really, really long roundabout way of trying to talk about the current state of comedy. And Jimmy Fallon is a toxic work environment. So let's wait for Dion to go get his drink. But, um, yeah, Nick, that was a long, circuitous route to get us to where we are right now. Wouldn't you think? Or wouldn't you yeah, agree? Very much so. Um, no, man, I mean, yeah, comedy comedy is, you know, comedy is under fire. We've seen that um, for a while now um, with everything that happens. Even Netflix is, like, trying to was trying to dial down their, you know, their specials because all of a sudden, you know, they were made, and like I'm sure they're making a lot of money and a lot of subscriptions from uh, from Chappelle, but they were like, "Oh, we need we need to dwindle this down." It's like, okay. Then Amazon picked up the slack, and they realized, you know, they can't do that either. It's 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 terrible. But um, yeah, I mean, there there's still a handful. There's still a handful out there. Like, um, but yeah, it, it just we 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 need we need to um, quit giving such a fuck and start laughing more. You know, that's. What needs I was going to gonna ask you the follow up question: Is do you think there's a point that it could just be societies also not interested in laughing i don't know why you wouldn't i that that seems odd to me why you wouldn't want to be happy and laugh and see something funny i mean we can all name at least off the top of our head probably five to ten comedy movies that we watched as kids or as at any, any point in our lives that we can put on right now and watch and laugh at you know why would you not want that why would you not want that joy why would you not want to laugh and see something funny happen or hear a funny joke, anything like that. Like that seems odd to me, you know. Yeah, I mean that's the way I feel too. But I just wanted to entertain the question. Yeah. So, 
Jimmy Fallon has been accused of being, uh, has creating, of creating a toxic work environment. It has been alleged through uh, many of the larger publications today that he would come to work drunk, he would bully people. He sounds like a Ellen DeGeneres replacement. And, it's, <laughs> and it gets worse because the execs at NBC don't care. They don't care they know about it. And they're still not doing anything about it, which makes the uh, the situation kind of hopeless for some. And I mean, this show, according to the sources, they've had nine showrunners over the last nine years. So every year they're getting rid of oh someone. Oh my god. Yeah, this isn't just like, oh, there was a hiccup or he was rude or he partied one night too hard or some, you know, understandable thing. According to this, this is just an ongoing thing for the better part of a decade. None none of the last nine showrunners are legally allowed to comment on the situation either. They're all, I, I believe they're all under, uh, like, under some kind of, like, legal gag order. And did, did you see the account where he berated a staffer in front of Jerry Seinfeld, and Seinfeld basically made him apologize? Yeah. I, I did not. I did not see yeah. that. Holy crap. Yeah. He, well, the he, drinking like, I, thing... Um, has been, a, and again, I don't want I don't want to speak as if I have an inside track, but you know that's been a you know confirmed, non confirmed rumor for a decade now, right? So maybe not a full decade, but that's been a, a, a real thing. And obviously, you know, for people that have worked with or dealt with um, alcoholics, you know, that's a sign of that. You know, that, those crazy ass mood swings. Amongst the other shit that Jimmy Fallon has been rumored to be, to, to, to be indulging in while he's been with NBC. So, yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's you know, nine showrunners, you know. And again, you know, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm not a Jimmy Fallon fan, you know, but that, that culture of, of late night TV, you know, you know it's, it's, it's late night TV. So, you know. And we, we live in an era now where, you know, the internet's a big thing, baby. You can't get away with treating people like shit. And you're an alcoholic, you're on a late night TV show, and you're treating people like shit. It was only a matter of time, man. It was only a matter of time. So, yeah, that's if that shit is true, it's fucking wild. So I didn't hear about the Seinfeld thing to the point where I'm just, like, intrigued. I mean, this is one of those stories that I'll definitely want to keep following up on because this is just the first day the news broke. And I mean, more people could come out. A lot of people work on the set of these shows. So it's not like this is a, you know, a clandestine group of people, uh, stuff gets out, <laughs> things are said. And when news like this comes out, it emboldens a lot of people to say stuff. So I'd be very intrigued to see if somebody like our pal, Andy Signore or somebody doesn't end up uh, talking to people directly. I think this will turn into something. Look, Without a lot of TV to watch or anything new coming down the pipe, this will be something to talk about, you know, a scandal on TV that while you can't watch TV type of thing. So they said the mental health, they have all these all these now this to me, I mean, I've worked for some I mean, I've I've worked a lot of different career paths along the way and I've had some great phenomenal bosses I've worked for and I've had some downright just horrible middle managers that are like the stereotypical office space type manager. And this guy, just hearing the complaints, I mean, okay, so saying a lot of these people are, oh, or I'm in therapy because of the treatment I had on the show. And I mean, to me, that seems, I, how bad did it get to where you're literally in therapy? 
because right. you know what I mean? That right. to me, that seems a, a bit of, you know, jump in the shark, but I wasn't there. I don't know firsthand. So I can't, you know, speak completely to that. Just opining, you know, from, you know, an armchair quarterback position that that seems pretty severe. I mean, what, you know, what are the ramifications for this going to be? I mean, is he actually going to lose his job? Uh, you know, plus, and, and Jeff, you alluded to this earlier, or was it Dion? When you, I, when you did, I'm sorry. Um, the other allegations that stem from, I believe was the Horatio Sands case. Is that, uh, is that what we're, t- okay. So to, to bring this back to Fallon in, in that regard, do you guys remember the family guy episode when he uh, slept with Meg? Uh-uh. No, <laughs> no. They did a they did a cutaway. He was uh, Meg got famous or whatever, and she was on Saturday Night Live, and he, I think it was Jimmy Fallon. He slept with her backstage on camera, and she was like fifteen. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yep, 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 yep. Yeah. I do remember. Yep, yep. You remember yep. that? And Peter, yeah, Peter, yeah. I think Peter beat the hell out of him. Um, yep. I, I'm I'm just saying that was years ago, and you know uh, all this all this other stuff now. I mean, this just it it's all bubbling beneath the surface with these people. And all it takes, because it's built on a house of cards, and once the bottom starts, one of those cards slips, and it's all going to come tumbling down. And what we're seeing now is that snowball finally rolling downhill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the uh, with, with the strikes happening and and things like that, and nothing nothing going on, nobody making anything, and it's been what almost I think it's been over three months now. Um, yeah, things people mm-hmm. are getting antsy. Things are happening. And these, even these, these late night shows have not been on for that long because they all have writers, and you know they're all doing best of stuff on YouTube and things like that to keep it going. But that can only go on for so long. They they have writers, Nick. Do they though? <laughs> have you seen any of these? Do they though? I mean, it. Did, I mean, they probably don't listen to the writers. They just they're just in a room trying to make sure these guys look somewhat competent, you know, in front of a family at like like. What ten thirty eleven p.m. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this strike is. I think the strike is showing us just how useless those shows are. I mean, they're yeah, they're the uh, strike is reminding us how useless they are. We were it was proven to us when the shit with um, Jay Leno and um, Coco Star happened the first time. So you know. You know, obviously Jimmy Fallon followed up Jay Leno eventually, but fucking, uh, 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 oh my gosh, I'm drawing a fucking blank. Coco, he's on TBS as a show. Conan O'Brien, yeah. Conan O'Brien, thank you. Sorry, fuck. You know, you know that was a huge deal when it happened. You know. Oh yeah, dude, I was pissed. Yeah, man, that was bullshit. I was, you know, I was pro Conan O'Brien, man. I watched almost every episode that first yep. summer he was on the air, and yep. we were over. Uh, all at this one girl's apartment in college during that uh, final broadcast. I was like, man, this really makes me mad. Because, you know, they well, did him dirty. It, it got Diane, and, it, Diane, it got Hillary and I back into late night TV. Like, we didn't watch it. You know, we're in our fucking 20s, right? And, <laughs> you know, you, you know, one, you have to remember, late night TV is made for old people. And then when you think back to that shit happening, you know, that was proof to the people who they should have been going after, that they're worthless. So Coco was Coco was awesome. Conan O'Brien was the man. That was great. He should still have that fucking gig. I agree. But Jay comes back, 
And, well, he works better with that demographic. So they gave him a show back. And it becomes a clusterfuck. You know, things settle. Jay finally leaves. You know, and they choose, what was it, Jimmy Fallon during the Winter Olympics, right? Jimmy Fallon was never chosen for the late show because he was very funny. Jimmy Fallon was chosen for the late show because he was kind of funny on SNL and old people liked him starting at 11 o'clock. You know, late night television is very fucking calculated. So much so, when I say reminded instead of proven, it was reminded when NBC tried to give Lily Singh a show. And we talked about it on our show. (laughs) You know, late night TV, the, the goal is never to be legitimately genuine, genuinely entertaining. The goal is to keep people up late watching TV so you can give them ads. So Jimmy Fallon, again, you know, imagine working in that environment. Your goal is not to be funny, bitch. Come up with some things. You do the the bit where you're the chick wearing braces and John Cena's wearing some shit too. You know, old people laugh at that stuff, right? That's not, no one, you know, people are not going to remember that bit 10 years from now. So, and again, I'm not making excuses for him, but this whole apparatus of, being funny enough at 11 o'clock at night on a weekday, you know, that doesn't generate the best content, let alone the best environment to work in. And especially when you're apparently a raging alcoholic. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, like, like ETEP said, perfectly, it's a house of cards, you know, yeah, that bitch is, is, is standing up in the wind right now, but one serious gust of wind, you're in deep shit because you didn't build a show on being actually funny. You built it on it's funny enough, and now this dude is treating people like shit, apparently. <sighs> Good luck to you. It, it, you. Gotta lay in the bed you made, NBC. Have fun. I don't feel bad for him. I don't I think feel bad for the people that bad. work there. But you know, you know, this dude, you know, every bit that Jimmy Fallon does is this like cheeky, hey, your mom's gonna love this shit. Yeah, you know, exactly. that's yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's not you you don't give the audience any reason to give you the benefit of the doubt when shit like this comes out. You know, don't get me wrong. You know, people who are bad people deserve, you know, they deserve to get in trouble, you know, but Ellen DeGeneres didn't just get in trouble because, because she was treating her staff like shit. She got in trouble because you are daytime television. You are supposed to be funny enough especially when your whole vibe is being good and funny and making people feel better. It wasn't just that she would treat people like shit. You are going against what you're selling to, to stay at home moms every day. That doesn't play. So we'll see how, how Jimmy Fallon fares with this, because again, the whole gimmick was you make grandma and grandpa laugh. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out, but it is not looking good, man. That house of cards, it's real comfortable when you're sitting in it, but, when that shit starts falling down, it's a whole different situation. It is. I don't think I could add anything to that. I think that was pretty well said there, Dion. Oh, sure. Uh, Thanks, man. Uh, Pete, Nick, anything else you guys want to say about Jimmy Fallon? I got, I got nothing. 
I, I just, no, I really don't have anything else to add. Dion summed it up. This guy just, I mean, he's obviously kind of a scumbag. I mean, but like we said, which one of you, you know, name me one of them that's not now. And, you know, right. you'll, you'll win right. a prize. They're, they're all scumbags. They're all, they're all addicts. They all have these weird proclivities that we won't mention on YouTube. And it is, it's just the veneer is lifted and we, we you know, the curtain, we see the great and powerful Oz back there you know, berating cue card holders for, you know, messing up because he's been on a bender for four days and he's, he's mm -hmm. cranky. That's, that's sad. <laughs> that's, that's sad because you think about the rank and file that have to work around that every day mm -hmm. and, and deal with that. They're on eggshells because they can't say something wrong or a pin drops and this guy freaks out on you. And, you know, next thing you know, your family's not eating because you lost your job because your boss yep. is a drunk. Yep. It's, it's yeah. a sad state of affairs. And and even worse, you have like interns and people like that who are trying to get into the business thinking that, oh, this is a good jumping off point and they have to deal with this for however, however long until they find their next gig with the next abusive, you know, higher up that uh, that they get. So, yeah. Exactly. Well, even yeah. then, you know, the, the, the whole, the, like I said, the whole apparatus, right? So, you know, and, and, and we've said it collectively on the show multiple times, you know, that's what happens to you also when you don't know how the internet works, you know, don't get me wrong, man. You know, people who do bad things deserve to pay for it. And if, and if this is all true, you know, he should face some consequences, but people who are older and, you know, I wouldn't say that Jimmy Fallon's old, but people who are older refuse to acknowledge the internet is undefeated, bitch. So you operating from a place of no one's going to know about this. It's NBC. Yeah, you know, to, to Pete's point, you know, these are all weird-ass proclivities. No one's going to know about it. We work for NBC. Nah, bitch. We, this is the age of the internet where NDAs, unless they can prove it's you saying it, don't mean shit. You know, and, and especially when you're an asshole, which again, you know, we're going to wait to see what comes out of this. But if you're if, if Jimmy Fallon is that level of an asshole... The internet loves that. And this is, you know, that's what got Ellen. The same thing, you know, this reluctance to understand the new age you are living in. You can't, you might get away with it for a while. You know, ask Kevin Spacey. His ass was running around being a meme on Family Guy until the internet was like, you know what? We'll give you a voice to say this shit. Right or wrong, you know, the internet is undefeated. And, you know, Jimmy's learning that thing. He's learning it the same motherfucking way. You can't be an asshole and treat people like shit. Even if you work for NBC, when we can all say whatever the fuck we want on the internet these days. So, so we'll see, man. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens for Mr. Dad Joke. So, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bold strategy. Let's see how it plays out for him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Final question. Uh, does this kill his career? I don't know. It's he's hard to clinging. He's clinging to it as it is. Yeah, I mean him, 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 and the other he, him and the other four idiots that have a podcast, like five episodes <laughs> or six episodes or whatever the hell it is they're doing, you know, because they want to make money for their for their workers because they care. It's like if you actually really cared, how about you sell one of your fucking houses and give the money to that, you know, that um, I don't know the SAG union thing or whatever payment shit they have or that bullshit. Like just their just wives won't sleep with them if they do that. 
they're, yeah, they're, the, the wives' they're... boyfriends are putting in the heavy lifting anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody's yeah, 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 man. yeah. The tennis coach got the tennis coaches do have to get paid. Okay, they do have to get paid. Okay. How much is the going rate these days for one, Nick? I don't know, man. It's uh, the everything gets more expensive out there. I, I assume it's like you know, I don't know, five grand an hour, ten grand an hour out there for for a tennis lesson. I guess that's that seems like the the median rate out there. I had the wrong career, man. I know a little <laughs> bit about tennis from Mario Tennis. I could have parlayed that into. A couple listen, tri- uh, listen. All you need to do is 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 is, is out there as long as you have confidence. And, uh, and 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 you're a little bit of an asshole. They'll 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 think you're the guy. They'll think you're you know, you're you, you know what you're talking about. That's it. That's all. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Well, you tell me this after I move. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to say that. I didn't want you to be there longer, motherfucker. If I was a tennis coach, I'd have had a nice racket. Fuck, I didn't mean that as a pun. Sorry. But I seriously, I did not. I would have had a nice situation. You guys could have come out, and we would have been like, fuck, maybe we will build a headquarters out here. Fund it with my tennis money. <laughs> well, now we can have an even bigger compound in someplace more affordable, okay? That's that's fair. Class bullshitters I, tennis club. WCBSTC? <laughs> Too many, too many fucking letters. Too many fucking letters. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Believe me, I was, <laughs> if I couldn't get it out one time. <laughs> oh, so I'm uh, just listening, reading the comments in the chat. People do not like the late night show hosts podcasts. They do not like the late night show hosts. And uh, no, I guess my final statement is, it's because they got fucking. Besides being unfunny. Some of us can't stand it because they get political and they push shit on you, and you're just like, I didn't watch a late night show to hear this. I just wanted right. to see what The Rock was going to say about his new movie. Right? Yeah. Well, and and and, and that's that's how they get you to watch longer, and you know, for commercial breaks, they have the celebrities on there talking about the new movie, which even in the last five years has proved pointless for any sort of like movement on movies um, when they come out. Like nobody cares anymore. You can watch those interviews the next morning, like while you're taking a shit, while you're on on your way to work. Like you can just do that you don't need to be up at late at night and watch this thing and see what they say about the movie and watch the trailer whatever the bullshit is you can just watch afterwards yeah the delivery system is much different these days yeah. i mean i recently got into watching wrestling on hulu where i just watched segments of it and then watch a little bit of it on youtube i used to be mr i gotta watch every minute of it on television i can't miss a moment of raw now i'm just like eh, i'll just catch it online yeah Wrestling fans That's are the absolute future. worst. I have to say, man, we are. Damn. Like, and and I count myself in that because I'm as guilty as the next. Because I'm not, you know, I'm not in the business anymore. I'm I'm just a fan now. And that those AEW groups on on Facebook. Oh, my <laughs> God. I love them. They're I, terrible. I posted I posted a toy video yesterday of because somebody was like, "Oh, look what Hangman Adam Page posted." Ha <laughs> ha. CM Punk's on clearance. I'm like, oh yeah. I was at Walmart the other day. Here's about 20 Adam Pages. Look, here's Peg Warmer Page. And I got, well, actually, well, actually, a bunch of the, I'm like, oh, my God. It's a bunch of Wojaks. And they, oh, oh, it's just, I'm like, look, (laughs) I'm I'm not the hugest CM Punk fan in the world, but if we're comparing career value metrics between Hangman Adam Page and CM Punk, um, I'll tell you who's going to draw more money, and in 20 years, ain't nobody going to remember Hangman Adam Page. I'm, I'm sorry. Very true. You know, you're, 
your dime store cowboy there um ugh, who looks like it looks like john travolta on urban cowboy i mean just oh god well again i think that's another example of a a form of entertainment that is struggling to find the next phase like yes you want to be able to move merchandise but like it doesn't just happen out of thin air you know exactly. so you know people trying to act you know, don't get me wrong i love I, I like me some hangman adam page do you, you know see, but not a fan you know but you know it's it's you know pro wrestling has kind of been in a weird place, you know, because Vince wanted to be ESPN. So now you have something yep. else happening right now, you know, and, 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 and he had an interesting run of the title, you know, it's so, so it's, 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 they're figuring, they're figuring their shit out. They're figuring, is all I'm saying. They're figuring their shit out. And while, yeah, you may be right long-term career-wise, but I'll give you a hundred dollars right now. You can tell me a locker room that will bring his ass in tonight. Ooh, say what Punk? you want about Hangman Adam Page, but CM Punk oh, he's, reminded he's, everyone that he is CM Punk. He's Ooh. not going to go back. He's not going to go back to the Fed. They, they're not going to. Triple H doesn't want him. You know where's he going to go? Impact or over to Japan? That's and you go to Japan. Cool. That's there's some great wrestling over there. But when I'm watching wrestling here, I want to see American style. I was trained Tennessee style. I like I I like the high flying stuff when it has its time and place. Like we watched uh, Dynamite last night. Uh, what's his name? Darby Allen and Nick Wayne. They had a solid match. It looked like a cruiserweight match. I don't like Darby Allen going over on Big Bill. Get out of here. Miss me with that pimping. Miss me with it. I'm not suspension of disbelief is not there. You know. But when you have those two and they're okay. Now we've got a a, a nice, you know. Um, a nice blend of their styles. They work well together. They're the same size. It's, you know, but I don't watch much WWE. I literally, we stream like every AEW show on Draven's channel. So I, I watch all of this stuff. And it's like, I don't agree with Jim Cornette on everything, but it's like some of the stuff he says makes sense about AEW. But for me, the biggest thing is the booking. It is just the booking it's just hey here's two random guys let's go have a match or here here's eight guys let's have it let's have a, a scrum you know it's like jesus please don't do wcw again and i want to see them succeed i do because wwe needs competition there needs to be variety in the, in the us there needs to be a couple major promotions you know impact was never it impact was never going to be it i mean that was you know they had their little moment in the sun and it's now it's not oh i wonder what impact's doing it's how is Impact still around? I mean, that's, you know, but I have a couple of guys that I came into the business with that are in Impact right now. Uh, Jake something who just works Sonata for the uh, for a title. And um, God, what's it? It's Ranjan something over there. I can't remember what name he works under. He used to be Mad Dragon, Hakeem Zane. He's from around, uh, around the Flint Saginaw area in there. Um, but we used to work in Saginaw down to Detroit all around again. Super cool guy. Um, but they're both an impact and it's like, I want to see them succeed. I want to see them do well. You know, I'd love to see impact kind of have a little bit of a resurgence, but it, it's just like, I look at AEW and it's like, man, Tony Khan needs help booking. It, that's what just please let somebody book. And as the owner of the company and the promoter stop being friends with the boys, that does not work. That's never a good environment backstage because even if it's well-intentioned at first, it always ends up in people taking advantage of you. 
And that's that's from experience because every wrestling locker room is political, everyone. And I don't mean political on a, you know, a national sense. I mean the backstage politics and it's it can it ruins it can ruin a promotion. And we've seen it happen in AEW with the backstage stuff with Punk and the Elite and all that. And like I said, I don't agree with the way things are handled, but it's just I want to see it get better, obviously, because there's a lot of great talent there. There's a ton of talent there. They have a huge roster. And it's like if they put together like Wembley, like they have now the biggest show in wrestling history, the biggest event. You know what I mean? So it's like build on that, you know, build on that. You know, make make people want to tune back in. You know, bring your buy rates up. That's all I'm saying. Sorry, sorry for the rant. Oh, it's okay. I just wondered uh, whose printer just went offline. <laughs> no, I'm getting a bunch of fucking work emails. That's all that bullshit. <laughs> One of these days, Dion's just gonna start responding to him on air, like, "All right, Jim, I'm sorry that the office wasn't locked." Blah blah blah, Dion. <laughs> <laughs> You seem like the type of dude that wouldn't. <laughs> I know you don't work at Target. I, I would never say. Oh, I would man, never I say it on here. <laughs> well, I know you had a rough day at work, so we'll leave that alone. Yeah, yeah. He had to deal with some asshole protesters. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 pic that picture you sent us was hilarious. I'm sorry. <laughs> You, you, like, the look on your face is like, I have to be here right now for this. Like, it wasn't even, like, fear or, like, anything else. Like, I have to be here in case one of these motherfuckers fuck up. That was the look on your face. Working, working in the trenches, man. Because, working in the trenches. I can imagine you'd be like, you, you, like, so, so, so some, person, some, 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 some protester would be like, you know, oh, um, you know, I, um, you, you, your company does this, that, and the other. You're like, listen, I don't care. Don't come any closer. What, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Don't. Test me. <laughs> we can do it at last warning. Oh, I'm stepping over the line. <laughs> Baton to the face. I'm cool, calm, and collected, baby. Yeah, I told Nick, you, you were the not coldest to step motherfucker the on this podcast. <laughs> told you not to step over the line. I warned you three times. Harsh but fair. Yeah, and then every, every, every all those protesters bring out their iPhone. It's like, how how dare you do that, man? That's how that stuff works, man. That's how and, then, that stuff works. and then you're like, listen, I told you three times in English, very clearly, not my problem. <laughs> now, now, what we should talk about next is, I guess we're talking about uh, law and order and such, is Danny Masterson. So, <sighs> Hyde <sighs> of that 70s show. Uh, we all grew up watching that 70s show or that series of episodes of Roseanne that featured Danny Masterson um, he was a name before that 70s show uh, and now his name is associated with something uh, much sadder and much darker so let's pull up a picture of old Danny Masterson uh, so Danny Masterson yeah, has had some legal trouble for quite a while and today he was sentenced for uh, let's say crimes against women that's uh, what the court decided and so, I guess to say this as diplomatically as possible, uh, Danny Masterson has been sentenced to 30 years to life in prison. So, he'll be in his 70s, in his late 70s, before he's even eligible for parole. But, uh, yeah, this is a, a serious punishment for a serious, you know, sentence. Like, 
what did you guys take away from this? Were you surprised with the severity of it? Or do you think he'll be able to yeah. oh, the first question? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like when I, you know, I, we, I'd heard, you know, I heard like over the late, over the years, you know, he's in, he's in court, things like that slowly happening. And then when I think uh, Kendo put it in our chat, I was like, damn, that's, that's crazy. But, you know, that's, that's what you get. Yeah. yeah man. I mean, it's, 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 you know, obviously, you know, there's so many layers to it. You know, obviously his fame, him being a member of the Church of Scientology, you know, uh, the, the, the instances in question being from like 2001 and 2003, you know, and him, you know, at least according to a jury of his peers, you know, this dude was a dark fucking monster, man. And, you know, I think the, the, the surprise for me at least came from, you know, you hear other cases in other jurisdictions and they get less time. And obviously, you know, a lot of the responses to those type of cases are kind of like, yo, man, why the fuck they only get, you know, this amount of years? They gave that dude 30 years to life, which, you know, again, based on the, <laughs> the factors at hand, you know, he deserved it. But, man, like, I was definitely surprised that he actually got a lengthy to life sentence for that. So, yeah, that that was, you know, obviously, you know, you want the, you want the victims to be okay. But man, like I, I did not think that they were gonna bring the hammer down on on old Hyde, and they did, and they and they did, and, and hey, based on what we hear, it's it's <laughs> you know that's what you get, like Nick said. <laughs> Where's yeah. the Joker clip right now? You get what you and deserve, you know. Um, well, well, hold on, I guess we'll press it for you. That's oh yeah, 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 we to, got it, we got it here. somewhere. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, it's somewhere around here, right? You, Why did you delete it? One did, did you delete it? You think you I really deleted alphabet- the Joker you button? You gotta have I alphabetized. Don't... Well, I didn't delete the Joker button, Nick. <laughs> okay. It's right here. It's just something else on this channel. Get what you fucking deserve! Uh, but... Oh my gosh! <laughs> we haven't seen the motorcycle in a while. I missed it. I know. What's that guy been into? Is he, is he in jail or is he dead? What's, what's going on with him? Um... I don't know. I don't really want to know. Yeah, no, no, no one cares. No one cares. He's out. He's out. He's out of prison. He's out of the atmosphere for sure. He's just out. He's just out. Damn. Consciousness. Nobody, nobody remembers. He's yeah. out. <laughs> All right. So, um, Nick, did you have a chance to say what you wanted to say about this one? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, Pete. Oh. Um, 30 years is, yeah, he must just be a heinous, just piece of garbage. And just for context, because Dion, you mentioned, you know, other sentences and jurisdictions and things like that. I, I have a cousin doing life um, and he deserves to be there and, you know, may rot. And, you know, what he did was, I mean, this is, yeah, um, for, I don't disagree. I don't, you know, the guy's a monster, obviously. <laughs> like Deion said, a jury of his peers said, hey, this is what we recommend. And the judge concurred and said, all right, this is the sentence. Um, but man, and these charges are, what, 20 some years old. That, and the trial got, what, postponed or dismissed once already. Yep. And then they, they came back with it. Yeah, yeah, mistrial. They, that's right. They declared a mistrial. It was like about five, six months ago. Um, and for them to come back and retry, and this is the result. Yeah, um, 
may he rot. Uh, you, you like the give you get what you deserve, and this guy's obviously getting it. Um, and it's kind of ironic though. The Church of Scientology usually protects um, their members in high standing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which speaks volumes about what they thought about his um, value, what he brought to them uh, in terms of return on investment. To just not ex- you know use all their legal resources, which they obviously were like, not nah, we'll just because they've gotten some people off on a lot of things. Let's be honest, they get away with a lot, so. Yeah, they they were not willing to, uh, you know, do the normal thing that normally happens for Hollywood people. And they kind of, you know, unless you're Harvey Weinstein, um, you get thrown to the wolves. And, you know, this guy is going to he's getting thrown to the wolves, which he deserves to do because he's a monster. Yeah, I mean, this is what happens when you can't pay your dues for the uh, for, for for the higher level of of, um, of Scientology. You know, like he he missed he missed one thing. fucking payment. You know, because like, he, he, he had to pull out he had, he had to pull out he had to pull out from from his savings and his checking. It takes three days to you know to to come through, and like it just didn't go through. And Scientology's like, "Fuck you, We're putting you in jail." It's like, God damn, man. He's like, ah, the way my bank account, the way my bank account is set up. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's a motherfucker. Apparently, thirty to life. It's like, <laughs> god damn it, the money didn't come in fast enough. <laughs> He's like, tell how you like me now. Strap. This is what I get for using credit. This is what I get for using credit union. <laughs> uh, like you guys, I was surprised with the severity of the sentence. I, you know, don't do the crime if you don't, you know, plan on doing the time. Like it says on the screen right there from Dean H. It's it's just a you know another one of those dark chapters in pop culture, but. You know, maybe he'll appeal. Maybe he'll get a, a lighter sentence. Who knows? I'm not a judge. I'm not the judge. So I really uh, don't have any further to look into it. But, yeah. it, you know, he's been persona non grata with that 70s shows. And it's kind of sad because, one, what he did. But, two, you know, they've been coming back. They've had a nice reunion show with that 90s show. It always feels a little weird, you know, when Hyde's not there because I know why exactly he's not yeah. there. It's not like... Yep, he didn't, yep. you know, a contract dispute. He is not there for a specific reason. And it kind of taints me watching the new stuff, not the old stuff. Like, you know, whatever. That's a different time. I'm not even worried about that. But watching, like, that 90s show, and they're like, oh, I'm this character's kid. And I'm that character's kid. And to see them all together without him, it's just like, ooh, okay. Yeah. You know, I wonder if his first night on the block, if he's going to be walking in and somebody's going to be in there instead of yelling fish, they're going to be like, hanging out down the block. <laughs> Not a thing to do, but sodomize you. You know, just something like that. <laughs> You're not all right. Dude, You're he not would, all right. He would, I don't know. He would punch out a guard so fucking quick to be in solitary. It wouldn't be, it would, it would be Put funny. Put me in the hole. Put me in the hole. You, wrong phrasing. Wrong phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> I said me, not it. Um, <laughs> that is a... That song should be added to our group Spotify playlist, Nick. <laughs> the, the, yeah, baby, the soothing vocals of E. Temple Coolian. All right, I'll <laughs> use my ra- I'll go back to using my radio voice. Oh, well, uh, good luck with everything, Danny Masterson. Uh, anything else <laughs> you guys want to say? I, I don't know what else to I mean, say. I mean, don't drop the soap and beat beat up the. The, you know the biggest baddest motherfucker you see in there so you can at least survive a week yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you yeah you know yep 
Now, I did make a mistake, guys. It happens, I know. Shocker. But I forgot to read the word of the day from Shrubbles 08, and it's queef. So <laughs> this will be a nice transition from the Dower Danny Masterson segment. We have Queef Busters 2016, Debbie Does Queefs, and My Black Ass Queef. Wait, and my black asses presents Dion Green and Lo Mein with a side of Queef Fry. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Jeez. Queef 2, Judgment Day. Oh, speaking of, speaking of my black ass, um, Out, Outlaw Johnny Black uh, Dion comes out next Friday in theaters. Yep, 15th. Yep. Dude, we're fucking, we're fucking reviewing the shit out of that. It's, it's officially I am, happening. We'll I, see if it continues. Oh god, I'm gonna be so tired that weekend. I'm still gonna fucking watch it. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna fucking watch time. it. Sacrifices have to be made to finally fucking watch this goddamn movie. I agree. Uh, if, if if anybody's curious to see what uh, understand what we're talking about, um, um, what the fuck's the guy's name? God damn it, um, Michael J. White. Michael J. White, yeah, Michael J. White, who did Black Dynamite, finally did another movie in his um. Funny black exploitation, I guess, trilogy. The the the, the, the next one's going to come out in uh, 20, 20, 2045. Uh, but this one's called <laughs> Outlaw Johnny Black. Um, it's finally out. It's going to come out next weekend, and I am so fucking happy to watch it. Yes, dude. Finally. Yeah. Fucking finally. Yeah. So it's out in theaters. Um, definitely check it out if you can. Uh, it's it's a, if, if you like Black Dynamite, hopefully this will be up to par, uh, you know, and just as good. So. So, uh, any more Queef titles, guys? We got to give the audience some Queef titles besides Queef Busters 2016, like Big Trouble and Little Queef. Um, dude, uh, where's my Queef? Dude, where's my yeah. Queef? Uh, back, back to the Queefs. Queef Day, Queef Day the Thirteenth Part Six. Jason Queefs. Yeah. <laughs> the Wedding Queefer. Here comes the Queef. I like that. Silence of the Queefs. <laughs> the Big All Queef. Right. Queef Queef Redemption. Yep. The, the cable queef. Schindler's queef. Oh. The green queef. Queef on the roof. <laughs> if I was a queef man. All day long I'd queefy queefy bum. No. <laughs> I don't know. It's a work. It's a work in progress. It's fine. It's all fine. Right, the music. The, Nick, the musical's on its way. It's all right. It's all right. Uh, Nick, add that to the list too, sir. Okay. Uh, so, sorry. Uh, Queefs on a plane. Queefs on a plane. Yeah. Yep. A nightmare on Queef Street. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, oh that my God. It's always sunny in Queef Philadelphia. Queef water. <laughs> no country for old Queefs. <laughs> oh Queef two cruise control. <laughs> oh god! Or we could Queef two queef control. Like it's up to you guys. Goodwill queefing. <laughs> Beverly Hills. What about Beverly Hills queef? Beverly Hills. Oh, queef. That hurts my heart. <laughs> yep. Yep. The queef ninja. <laughs> the man. The man who queefed to Earth. <laughs> To bounce off Dion's three ninjas queef back. Oh my god! <laughs> three men and a queef. Three men and a queef. That's that's fucked up. Yeah, I mean, that's a way different video, right? Yeah. I don't think Leonard Nimoy would direct that one. Uh, low down, or dirty queef. Oh, low down, oh, dirty Nick. Queef. I'm, 
I'm on a roll, goddamn it. I'm trying to go through this. I'm, oh, wait. On that on that note, I'm going to get you Queefa. Queefa? <laughs> I'm going to Queefa. I'm working in every quiz. I'm going to Queefa, you sucker. <laughs> Is that uh, what you said last week, Dion? The French Queef. I mean, hey, when you're feeling it, you're feeling it. Uh, Rumble in the Queef. Yep, yep. <laughs> Two great ones. Uh, queef with the wind. A Queef in the Golden Bronx. Queef. Golden <laughs> Queef. <laughs> no holds queefed. Uh, the queef connection. The forbidden queef. Bridge on the river queef. Yes. All que- all queefings on the western front. The queef hunter. Harry Potter in the chamber of queef. Oh my god. The queef in the Pale. dead. <laughs> the queef of the dead. Pale queefer. Pale queefer. <laughs> queef street blues. Oh my <laughs> That's <God>. my favorite. <laughs> Oh my god, this is amazing. So uh, folks, tink- thank tinker, you. Ta- tinker Taylor Soldier Queef. <laughs> you think we can get Gary Oldman back for that one? Probably, Absolutely. probably. He ain't he ain't do he ain't do it too much now. Uh oh brother, where, where art thou queef? Uh-huh. <laughs> Birds of Queef uh, and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Queef. <laughs> <laughs> Robo Queef. Queef cop. <laughs> Turner and Queef. Turner and Queef. The running Queef. <laughs> the running Queef. <laughs> queef Mando. We... Queef. <laughs> Demolition Queef. Dodge Demolition. Queef. Oh my God. Uh, queef Stop or my mom will Queef. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Please stop! Is right. Uh, Fer- Fer- Ferris Bueller's Queef. Yep. Did Ferris anybody say queef Tango? And- Did yeah. anybody say Tango and Queef yet? Tango? Uh, no. Yeah. Oh my god! Um, Total tweet. Lock, stock, and two smoking Queefs. <laughs> queef in the wilderness. Queef in the wilderness. Gone with the Queef. That's yep. a good one. That's a good Queef one. in the wind. Queef in, six, uh, queef in 60 queef seconds. In 60 seconds. Oh my god. Uh, queef, two queef, 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 two furious. Oh my god. <laughs> Tokyo queef. Oh god damn it. We're, we're going international. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, queef me if you can. <laughs> That's an interesting yeah. challenge, Nick. I know. I know. From Russia with queef. <laughs> Dr. Strange Glover, how I learned to stop queefing and love the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Wet Hot American oh. Queef. I'm stopping. I can't go any further. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've gone too far. I've gone too far. I like this side of you, Nick. You should, uh, <laughs> we should talk about queefs more often, folks. Thank you. <laughs> what about Queef Away Camp, Nick? God damn it. <laughs> 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 that brings the movie to that brings the movie like all the way to twenty to twenty twenty three. It really does. It really, really does. <laughs> they they made that. It was called They Them. Oh God, <laughs> I saw that. It was terrible. It was so did we, we reviewed it live. It was so bad. So bad. Oh. So bad. Damn it, Kevin Bacon. Why? Why Footloose? Well, Dude, he won. He won. He wanted to. He wanted to return to his roots of you know horror camp movies, and he chose that one. I heard he. But he won't show up at a horror convention to save his life. No. See. I mean, just, Kevin, you know, you're not too big. 
I mean, I mean, wait, wait, ten more years when, when you know, nobody gives two shits about him, like really, and then you know, he'll, he'll, he'll probably do a couple of them. Well, good for you, uh, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the good for you. All right, guys. So we had this message. Uh, we'll address it, I guess, now because it was our next segment anyway, um, from Cezorgian. Uh, so, folks, we will have our super chat session like we always do. But he says, Bounding into comments is reporting the latest James Bond novel has a villain. James Bond novel has a villainous white man who opposes wokeness. Uh, and he wants the Buzz's Wolf Girlfriend button. We'll get to that in a moment. But have you guys heard about On His Majesty's Secret Service, the newest James Bond novel by Charlie Higgins? Wait, hold on. They're, 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 hold on. Hold on. They're rewriting them or putting more out? What's happening? There's no, this, more. This, uh, yes, there's more. I, I spent like an hour talking about this on my uh, member stream earlier, just the article kind of breaking down the passages and just the subtext in them. It, it is, oof, wow. Like there's, I don't know if you're going to go into like depth about like some of the passages, but they have, uh, they quote them in the article and there are sequences where they're in the villains like group because bond is undercover as one of his like lead assassins that's leading his team of mercenaries and oh yeah he there's a passage where bond is it's like his inner monologue and he's thinking boy this guy didn't pick a diverse group for his uh for his uh mercenaries there's no people of color there's no disabled people here it's like is this yes, real because this is, you this guys is real. Some shit i'm thinking some i'm like ass joke website here we go that's a pick six bitch take it but this isn't like a joke website doing this, right? Right. This is real, Dion. This is real. There's, like I said, what? man, the passages the passages from this book are, like, insane. It's right out of, like, a 2016 playbook. Well, you know it's what? Hilarious. Let's let's talk about this officially. I got the article. It's got highlights. I, We're going to talk go about this. Let's the background, because there's no yeah. way that this is, like... Now, is this, a, like, an independent... Like, this is, he said it's a Bond thing, and it's a Bond thing... Or is this something that's like an official? This is an official, official novel, uh, Dion. Yeah, this is official. Yeah, I, I get the. Is it officially part of the canon? Yes. <laughs> what? Send that fucking article. This can't be fucking real. This is some goofy ass, crazy motherfucker. What? This is real. Let me get you one that has actual highlights of the book in it, because this is going around the. Uh the internet right now sorry i'm trying to type this in and talk at the same time um uh pete would you send us the article to the group chat the one that yeah. you have yep got it because i got one i'm going to read on air but yeah dion this okay. is 100 percent real this is not this is not a drill this is not a joke so let's uh let's start talking about some 007 the latest james bond novel makes it abundantly clear uh the white men are the villains who oppose wokeness. The latest James Bond novel, On His Majesty's Secret Service, by Charlie Higson, which arrived on bookshelves back in May, features white men who oppose the wokeness as villains. In the book's official synopsis, synopsis, it shares its 4th of May, two days before the coronation of King Charles III, and the world's favorite spy has his work cut out for him. Bond is sent at the last minute to thwart an attempt to disrupt the, corporation, the coronation of wealthy, eccentric, and self-styled Athesian of Wessex, who is on a deadly mission of his own to teach the United Kingdom a lesson? Can Bond dismantle his shady plans and defeat his privately hired team of mercenaries? Well, 
that's the question we all don't care about because we want to talk about these villains who uh, it has some of the weirdest shit ever for a James Bond novel. So Dion, do you believe it's real yet? I believe that it is real, yes. Okay. Now, while the synopsis of the book doesn't make it clear who this villain is, a screenshot of the book from Leo Curse on Twitter uh, shares what it's actually saying. The excerpt shared by Leo Curse is part of the Bond infiltrating uh, Athelstan's yeah, organization, and more specifically his Anglo- Anglo-Saxon castle, in order to uh, do oh, so opposes Peter Sandburn, the leader of a group of 30 mercenaries. Curse's expert sees Bond observing a number of guests who have all been invited to uh, the villain's castle. It specifically describes a man named Roger Burkett. Burkett was an ex-Tory MP, famous for promoting COVID vaccines, mask wearing, 5G conspiracy theories, which had spilled over into the usual anti-immigration, anti-EU, anti-BBC, anti-MSM, anti-cultural Marxist climate change denial pronouncements. It was a trans anti-trans diatribe that had eventually got him kicked out of the party, and he'd soon be set up in the new Freedom Party. That's an excerpt from the book. Dear God. Yep. It continues, but I'll get to that in a minute. Let me tell you what you think, uh, Dion. <laughs> that's that's wild. Like that's that's really wild. So did they do they did they actually use these phrases in the book? Yeah, that no. Is, the picture that is an expert, I'm, like a no, literal excerpt. Yeah, page. I'm yeah I'm yeah I'm looking at the, at the Twitter thing. Right. Yeah, it's it's everything I read is verbatim. Yeah, yeah. that's right yeah. out of the okay. book. That's right off the page. Uh, it it continues. Bond was struck by something. It was longer. It was a longer while since he'd been at any kind of function, and it was mostly exclusively full of men. It felt strange. There was not even a presence of diversity here. The villain had been at least a bit concerned about ensuring that half the people he'd hired carry out his coup should be women or non-white or disabled. That was an unapologetically old school gathering, and if I'll see. The villain's name is weirdly hard to say. Alcestin's world, he was king, could do whatever he wanted. <laughs> There's more. It says, however, this excerpt isn't the most excerpt, isn't the most egregious part of the book. As Bond arrives for the party, Higson writes, he wanted to blend in, not draw attention to himself. He was Peter Sanborn, someone who was serious about his job. He just hoped to God that everyone else wasn't going to be wearing cloaks and hoods and jingling about in chainmail. Upon entering the main room, Bond observes, Many of the men in the room could be described as ex-something, ex-military, ex-politician, ex-media pundit for hire. They'd become more and more extreme in their views and too toxic, unruly, and unsafe to remain affiliated with the radical groups they'd join. When you become too far out, too far right organization, you know you're really on the outside. Okay, but just look at them now with their campaign, their champagne and nibbles, their shiny shoes, their beaming faces. They were firmly on the inside and loving it. They'd found their tribe, and very soon they were going to announce themselves to the world. No longer outcast, no longer canceled, no longer marginalized. No matter uh, what, they were going to be the new overlords. And there was only one person standing between them and the chaos. James Bond. <laughs> what the fuck is this? This has to get its own video. I'll clip this. I'll put this out. This needs a deep dive. This is some it needs a really motherfucking stupid deep dive. This is ridiculous. It needs a lobotomy. That is so weird. That is so weird. That is so weird. That is. 
That is buzzwords the book. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> Dion is like just said, like Dion is just entirely awestruck by this. He has. He has he, I don't he, even know what to fucking say. The fact that a, Dion yeah. cannot make a goddamn speech about this right now tells you how bad this is. That's yeah, crazy. Dion. Now, one last thing, guys. Let me read you the final quote. Uh, as Bond made his way through the room, he makes further observations about who these men are. The men he talked to inevitably, invariably started off to show they'd been streaming, travel, sport, or women's, or cars, and so on, moved on to laughing about how much they hated cyclists, and bus lanes, and congestion, uh, charging, and traffic claiming, and how the global warming was a con, and sooner or later, the round of big woke conspiracy, Black Lives Matter, the great replacement, and what are we going to do about the Muslims? James Bond novels, folks. I'm not going to read every single one. Holy shit. There's Bond novels in 2023, okay? Wow. Damn. That's that's wild. That is... Who's the writer's name again, Jeff? Charlie Higson. He has... This is not his first James Bond, though. See, there we go. Joseph Bien, which I already knew. Uh, He wrote the young James Bond novels, which I never read because I don't... I had James Bond Jr. as a kid. I didn't need this. But this is 100% real. I'm going to make a video on it. I'm almost curious enough to read the book since I haven't picked up any of the newer James Bond novels. I, here's the thing. I mean, I, I understand, you know, you know, doing research and reading the book and things like that. I don't want you to get the book surely for your own mental health and your own health right. in general because I don't want you to have a coronary reading the first three pages. You'll be like yeah. one of those staffers on the Fallon show in therapy because you re- uh, read this book, man. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like Nick said. Yeah, I mean, you're, you 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 you're welcome. You're welcome to come to either me or Dion to read the book because he might be on suicide watch, man. Seriously, man, that is. I still don't even know what to say about that. Like that sounds like a bad skit. Did Anita Sarkeesian ghost write this? Probably. <laughs> That sounds like something she'd say. It was like a 2014 gamer game. I don't know. Is this is isn't it like this is you can't just have James Bond picking up a hot woman, you know, having his martini shaking out stirred sitting there at the at the poker table or the roulette wheel. No, you know. He he's got to he's got to think about social climate and, you know, make sure his electric car's plugged in outside and he politely walks by everybody and doesn't bump or misgender somebody when he's, you know, pummeling them. <laughs> excuse me sir excuse me wow. my pronouns are the oh oh I, i'm sorry i've wronged you i must go atone i'll make a donation to a climate change fund i don't know <laughs> i'll take James my butt like shake and not stirred oh my god yeah, is, is dylan mulvaney the new bond girl i mean is that what we're doing Listen, you don't laugh. give them ideas. Don't give them fucking ideas. Don't give them fucking ideas. In 2025, ideas. there will be another one of these damn novels written by Charlie Higson on hey, their listen, Majesty's no. Secret Service, it's, and that I, one will feature Joe. I think I think I think they're using <laughs> this to, I think they're using this so they can once again make this canon and make the make the new movie with their I don't know, with their unicorn bond person they want for the the franchise or something. I don't fucking know. But what's the goddamn point? This is so dumb. It's just I dude like what what, what is James is James Bond drunk? Was did he get kidnapped by a blowfeld and did he implant some like dickhead chip into him or something? Because this is so dumb, I can't believe James Bond's like they're not very diverse. They probably talk about woke conspiracies like Charlie Higson, you sir should have your head checked out. So just so just to be clear, right? Like th- that's one reason why it's done, right? Not that that is the subject matter. Like 
if if you're doing a espionage story, right, a villain that is prejudiced is not new, right? So there's nothing no. wrong with having a villain that you pre- even touching on to to you know topical. Yeah, right now the right wing thing is topical, right? You know, the, the Punisher did that years ago, right? That all being said, when you're doing it from a place of one trying to be topical, and two, you're eliminating the parts that make that a hugely complicated and hugely impactful issue. Like it's not that the the issue with dealing with a villain with the that, that the issue isn't that they're not diverse. The issue is that someone is wildly prejudiced and targeted. Like that's there's there's ways to do that. Much more talented authors, you know, Dean Kutz touched on that, Robert Love, like that much more talented. But when you do it just to use buzzwords and nomenclature from the time period, it usually means it's very poorly fucking written. So, it dates so, the book. Make no mistake. Make no mistake. Yes. That shit is not unheard of, right? But if James Bond, <laughs> when he's going working on a mission, is like, huh? It's not. He didn't pick a very diverse. Case. Like it's not. It's not an intro breakdown of your enemy that you make. Like you may say, hey, listen, we know this dude is evil. He hates this group and this group. Blah blah blah. blah. It's not a throwaway line that you use just to describe him as evil. That's why that's so bad. Yeah. And it's fucking, that's crazy. That it's done. is absolutely crazy. It's done so heavy-handed, it can't even yes. be subtle. That's the thing, like yes. you were talking about, Dion. One of my favorite movies is a canon films movie called Avenging Force. And the bad guys, led by John uh, Ryan are called Pentangle and they are a right a far right wing organization. They're a bunch mm-hmm. of old white powerful businessmen and they have this network, you know, it spreads across the nation and they hunt people for sport in the bayous of Louisiana in addition to doing all their other evil right wing things. And that right. was done. It was a Canon Films movie and it was done right. It was like this is without getting into the weeds of things, these guys are bad. They're the bad guys. This is why. Okay. They don't like, they don't want immigrants. They didn't like black people. They were racist. They were a racist organization that was made clear. This, and it was, but it was like there, that's what it is. And you see why? Because they go after Steve James family, who's like running for uh, Senate or city council, something like that. They kill him and his family. And then, you know, Michael Dudikoff there, they were partners in like uh, special forces. He has to like, you know, help avenge him. And cause he's there when it happens. And it's like, it was so well-written and you'll see something like this and it's James Bond and Jeff, like you said, you're a James Bond expert and you're laughing at this, like it's parody, you know, but this mm-hmm. is serious canon. It's like, how can you call yourself a writer? This is ele- like just reading those few excerpts you did. And like I said, I covered it earlier. We were talking about it. This is like what middle school level writing. Like, honestly, yeah. this, this is not, a wide release type but I mean, I wrote better stuff than this on the back of notebooks. You know, I, this is hilarious that this is what passes for literature now. Yeah, that's absolutely. I, 
you know, I read some of these passages before the show, but I'm just kind of letting all of it sink in right now and formulating my plan for the video that I'll release tomorrow or Saturday morning at the latest. I... I'm going to have to listen to this on Audible, Nick. I'm sorry. I'll give you a call after I'm done. <laughs> oh, no. You you better get, you better constantly text me and te- text uh, text text me and Dion constantly just to make sure like you're okay, honestly. All right? This is Okay, I can do that. I'm no. And deal. and like and like I'm 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 half serious because it's like it's one of those things where it's like this is so absurd that it may fucking break you, honestly. You're not wrong. Yeah, cuz yeah, it's because even even Dion couldn't believe it. He could not fucking believe it. Nope. It's 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 a thing. I thought it was a fucking joke. Yeah. No, not at all. What the fuck? It's all too real. <laughs> it's so it all too real, sir. Yeah. Um. All like all I can say is you know if you don't like it, don't give it your money. That's that's about as good, good as I can do right now. <laughs> What's the end game of this though with the character? Like, this isn't going to get new fans on board, and it's just going to... It's not going to change the minds of people who aren't already thinking that way. People aren't going to go, well, my hero James Bond, he worries about diversity, and so will I. No! No one's going to say that. They're going to go, what is this? And either close the book, or finish it, and go, I didn't really like the Charlie Higson one. I'll wait till somebody else writes another one. So it's like, if you can give me like a positive reason for any of this dumb entertainment then i'd listen to you because we have to have the dialogue but in reality no you're wrong no no good ever comes from this shit and now we're just going to be stuck with a really really laughably embarrassing james bond novel so you know i want to know what they can do next with the character i wonder how much shittier can get i mean the last one they killed him don't put that out there because it can get a lot shittier (laughs) Really? Hold my beer. Well, I yeah. Mean, yeah man. I mean, look at Charlie James. We ain't seen shit with that. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, I hope it doesn't happen. But it's just like you know, I get it. Like you want, you want the world to be a better place. But damn, like you got to be good at what you do. <laughs> like this isn't it. This isn't it. Like I don't even know how to process that. Like you can't convince people by throwing a bunch of shit at him and being like, yep, you're going to eventually agree with me. That's not how this works. This is I am Starfire level projection. That's that's what this is. That's what this is. Right. I, I mean, right. it, it is. You, you look at this. You can tell this. this is stuff that this writer believes in, so he's putting it in, into the character. I mean, this is not James Bond. I'm I'm a novice level Bond fan at best, you know, and I know that. I mean, this yeah, <laughs> it is. It, it's this is not even you know this is not even good parody. This is my this is like modern day parody of you know anything. Yeah, man, it's just, it's just it's which is a parody garbage. of reality. It, that's yeah. it. We we live in the absolute worst stupidest timeline we really do like when they fired up the collider and all that stuff went wrong a couple yeah well this this is where we are <laughs> this is where we are multiverses suck can we go back to 1999 where things were normal exactly yeah, I, I will okay take that. that i'm okay with that we don't have biff who's corrupt and powerful and married to your mother nope <laughs> billy your mother's a... never mind <laughs> <laughs> drink your juice billy so, I can't believe 
did this to another man if it ain't spider-man really, it's james really, ball like really, i think they all just hate me it's like fuck that guy he's too much of a fan yeah they really just hate like a the 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 masculine man character who's like the who's like the do-gooder like that's why they keep fucking with like superman and and uh, captain america and james bond all these guys like what's what's the fucking problem what's why it's by design it's cultural marxism it's deconstruction of everything that you love everything you hold dear because then what do you have left what do you have left to hold on to you know what i mean that's what it is that's that's why it's it's not paper planes about the shit you know it's it's them you know they think this sells you know I, i would never get that far down the rabbit hole you know but you know it's it's you know it's that mentality of well this is what the people want you know this is what twitter says this is what the internet says you know people care about these things so we're going to have a very ham-fisted marker of hey you care about that come buy this you know and it's written by people who have rocks in their brains like it's just like like i get it you know but it's just this weird you know and for some reason you know james bond is is one of the heavy franchises targeted with this shit. like yep you know like he's a dude he drinks he fucks he fights he kills and but we want him to be this new thing because that's what the internet wants and it's just weird it's just it, so weird it's not isolated, though. That's the thing, Deanna. No, no. And that's why I, I, I went down that rabbit hole was because it's not just James Bond. It's Star Wars. It's Marvel. It's He-Man. It's G.I. Joe. It's everything. It's all all the all the big stuff. And then even the minor stuff now, even the minor level entertainment we're getting has this kind of stuff in it. And it's done that way. I, I you know, if it was just a couple of the franchises, I'd be like, OK, but it's damn near everything. And on top of the characters, it's not just the characters, it's the masculinity that they want to tear down yeah. and create these, these weak, ineffectual, uh, you know, I hate it, but beta type characters. And that, that's deconstructionism. And that is uh, one of the tenets of Marxism is the deconstruction because that leads <laughs> that's that, what it, it's, like you're bringing up Marx. It ain't that is capitalism. They it, think this spells. It's, it's not, they're not trying, but to they like, got to know it. It is, it is though. Because the deconstruction is hand in hand with that. Because look at it. Why why else they don't the Twitter audience doesn't spend money. That's that modern audience everybody's always talking about that doesn't right. exist. We all know they don't spend money. They'll retweet it and they'll bitch about things on Twitter because that's free. That doesn't cost them a red cent. But when it comes down to okay, buy the book, well, it's just like Riri Williams and America Chavez. And um, what's the other one there? Uh, you know, uh, any of these, like Captain Marvel, how many times her book been rebooted? Nobody buys it. They're making this for the audience on Twitter that doesn't spend money when the people like us will open our wallets if you give us something good, but they're right. just consistently pouring out garbage. And that's what I said. This It's by I, it's by design. I mean, Hollywood is trash as it is. Right. All the right. messaging you're, you're, has been... The implication that it's like, this is the, the design is to make money. And that's, that's where the, the bus goes off the rail. The design is, they think this makes, they're not doing it to like, oh man, like we want to fucking, like they think people are going to buy this shit. And I'm not saying, listen, obviously it failing is the issue, right? But like, mm. but like, you know, it's, it, they think that, you know, it's, it, you're giving them way too much for They think that people are going to, oh man, fuck, let me fucking go get my sister 
and my wife and we're gonna go over and watch this shit like it's not like some deep sea thing they're just dumb they're just dumb you know this this you know they think these people can, obviously we can say it but you know and even you know, and, and you know that it's that because you know when you when other shit comes out when they're losing millions of dollars, it's not doing it for the goodness of their fucking heart they're doing it because they they're not doing their jobs well effectively you know the Riri Williams mm-hmm. thing isn't because they're trying to fucking you know masculine no, because they think that chicks are gonna go and buy that comic book. But then and they're taking, or they think that the dad's going to buy it for their daughter to try to get but her in comics losing, with him. They're losing, but then they lose their built-in audience when they do that. That's that's the thing that kill, that kills yeah. is when you yeah. when you have a character like Iron Man, you replace him. It's like you can add, you know, making you know a new character. You you've made an, a new character. It's derivative, but you've made so let him stand alone. Don't right. make him stand on the back of something you built and then push that audience aside. You know, you have to keep playing your your built-in audience but then you know you can create side thing it just the yeah the strategy they use is it's bewildering at times like i heard you bring up charlie's angels earlier with elizabeth banks yeah that whole it's not made for because i was there opening night i lost a bet to groove i had to go see it nick knows he was there when the bet was made um and i had to go see it and i was texting these guys the whole night going like why there's five people in the theater opening night three of them were men two women that was it and it's like it's not made for men and then well men didn't see it so it failed it's your fault it's like well you can't do that <laughs> that's it that's right, not that right. doesn't work this way that doesn't work this way no and it like you said it happens too often i i i'm i fall on the side of like not between both of you guys completely cuz i understand that they do do stuff like this for money but it, it's like it's all the established stuff too it's not like they can make something new and go and put these views and ideals into it. Create like a new action hero who thinks like this. It probably won't work because John Wick is the most recent new action hero, I'd say. And he's very much like a, he's just that badass dude. And you know what? Yes. He's a badass dude for the 2010s and the 2020s. Just like McLean was a badass dude for the 90s and the late 80s. And it's just an evolution of a type. With all of all from a John Wayne or a Humphrey Bogart or Cary Grant, you know, one of these dudes of their generation. But the dudes of the generation that have evolved into today's stuff aren't into what this version of James Bond's trying to promote. It's like this is some kind of like pie in the sky dream from people who are, you know, turned down from dates in college or something. Like this is the weirdest, most bizarre shift to like what they think people want or what they think guys should be. It's bullshit. Nobody should be like that. People should be who they want to be. Be yourselves, folks. That's the message of every episode. But nobody craves or has these thoughts or craves this type of uh, justice, like this fictionalized version of James Bond. You know what Ian Fleming wrote about James Bond thinking about, oh, maybe I'll get married, or maybe I'll drink some pink champagne, or this or random shit. Like, James Bond's not the kind of guy that goes, hmm, cultural diversity of this room is alarming. This this could be off. Like, he's using the cultural uh, whatever as, like, modern spider sense. It's like, uh uh-oh, my diversity sense is going off. Something's off. They're all bad guys because they're all white. Yeah. Yeah. Have conversations in the bars like that. Like, oh, damn, man, you and me came to this bar. Damn, man, like, we could use some more cultural diversity in this bitch. Like no one thinks like that off rip, you know. <laughs> like, like we've had multiple conversations. 
you know, if a con- if a context comes up in a conversation, yeah, man, that's kind of fucked up, man. There's a lot of, you know, that's kind of crazy, you know. That that shit was crazy, but like offering, oh man, I am gonna save the world. Damn, the first thing I notice is there are not a lot of brothers in this world. Like no, that's what. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> There aren't a lot of brothers and there aren't a lot of sisters, sisters in this room either. There this, are is, this, this is terrifying. No, no, he's wait, wait, wait. Now that now that I think about it, there weren't there, there's not wheelchair access to this building. What the fuck? Yeah, he's a real piece of shit. I didn't see a wheelchair ramp on the way in here. <laughs> I, need speak to the man, I need to speak to the manager right now. He was must there be any stopped. braille? Like, was there the braille on the walls for the blind? Yeah, why what, 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 why 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 are there many why are there why are there braille on the menus and big pictures for people with people yeah. with ADHD and dyslexia? What the fuck? You know, I know how he's evil. There's no braille versions of these menus. <laughs> like, what? That's weird. Yeah, did that. And, and, did and, and put, also, uh, and did... also, underneath every every TV in the bar, there's not there's not anybody with sign language. Like, what the fuck? Why is there not a random person standing to the side doing sign language so we all know what he's saying? Yeah, God, this well, guy must be stopped. Yeah. Is there a warning for the strobes when the evil band starts playing later on? <laughs> we, don't want anybody, right. we don't want anybody to have a seizure. Right. Is it an evil band? <laughs> Talk about. Oh, I it was a band of sharks with freaking lasers on their heads. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> oh, God. Um, Jeez. This makes me just want to get the old James Bond movies in 4K. This really, that's all it really does. That's all it really does. Yeah, because I mean, you, those, like, those movie, have to be preserved. Yep. By physical media. Just the fact the last movie was, oh man, like his baby mama lied to him twice. One of which was before he died. <laughs> Let's get more of that in literature form. <laughs> I don't think so. I feel Thank bad you. because. Because Remy Malik was the bad guy in that. He's a perfect Bond bad guy, and they gave him the shittiest yep. one. And they wasted him. Yeah, well, and, that, and to that point, right? Like, that's one reason why you don't do that. Because you end up wasting valuable resources. Like, don't get me wrong, man. Like, I'm all about, you know, hey, let's have a different, uh, a different, uh, I guess, perspective on Bond. I'm okay with that. But when your whole perspective is, hey, they were married. And she lied to him. And he, him being mad at her is bad. And then she had a kid. And hey, it's probably his kid. And she's going to lie to him again. That's not bad. Oh, now he's dead. Like, what the fuck are we doing here, guys? What the <laughs> fuck are we doing here? I'm, Rami I'm, Malek was in this movie. What was he doing? Oh, he was, uh, uh his face was fucked up. And uh, Spectre uh, killed, I mean, he got, he got revenge. Oh, but he wants to create a virus to kill random people, but like, but only his girl, only Bond's girlfriend and the and the kid. And but yeah, yeah, I know that he has a virus that could kill any. But he doesn't want like. But he wants to. Ki- no, no, hear me out, hear me out, because it's Rami Malek, and like he's a genius. But like he has this thing against Bond, even though they didn't know each other. It's a, no, no, that's not the point. The point is, like, what the fuck are we doing? That's why you don't do that because it's dumb. It is dumb. I got into an argument with a with a fucking chick about the bond move, the, about no time to die, and I, the reason she had, oh hey, just explain to me what 
what was Rami Mad's character supposed to do? And she couldn't because it was dumb. That's why you don't do that's why you don't try to do topical a topical conversation is the course of the whole character. Because you can't explain it fucking a year later to people who want to watch the movie. They're like, oh, that's stupid. I'm not gonna watch it. That's dumb. Yeah, this is this is why Mr. Possible's winning against, you know, against exactly. James Bond. Because they they've they've never gone they've never gotten topical and it's it, they're all they've all been they've all been fun movies so I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm disappointed I mean I've been disappointed <laughs> in James Bond since Daniel Craig was James Bond but this is like dude the the, the best thing the best thing about James, the, the Daniel Daniel Craig James Bond movies were him and Felix, the scenes of him and Felix Leiter every fucking yep. time I will call those out every goddamn time those felt real those felt genuine. Those felt like two friends getting together after after being apart for like three or four years and having a drink. That's what it felt like every time, and um, that was one of the best parts of the movie. I agree. I I loved it. I was so pissed when he died. <laughs> I was like, God damn me it, too, man. Looks- no, that was no like, and that was like that was really fucking sad. I had like I kind of welled up a little bit when he died. I was like, God damn it, this is the oh, this is the most stable only relationship this man has ever had in these movies, and it's gone now. <laughs> Yeah. Like it's just you know, it, it, and that's why. Don't get me wrong, I still hate them. I will never ever give up the fact that No Time to Die is still a dumb fucking name. But like you have, this is supposed to be your 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 climax to this portion of the series. And again, like I I get the intrigue of okay, Bond's in love again. You touch on the relationship that he had with Felix. That should have been just the whole movie. I agree. 100% agree. Like, what? Like, like you have Remy Malik and you have Jeffrey Wright, and that can be the thing. Like, don't get me wrong. You know, the people, you know, people who bitch about Daniel Craig too much, like, you know, they're, they're kind of being babies about it. You know, I get it, but you're kind of being babies about it. Like, but that, say what you want about Quantum Asas, but when him and Green look at each other, like that movie overall isn't great, but it still had the it still had that bomb moment of here's the villain of this movie. They do not like each other, and dare we say they hate each other. And he is the villain. And in no time to die, you could have just He was had, a weak villain hey, though, man. He kills, that guy was a pussy. he kills Felix. That I would watch that shit. What the fuck are we doing? Wait. What are we doing? Rami Malik didn't kill Felix. No, but he he had you know the the other agent was one of his guys and he and he you know he caused he killed Felix in the submarine and it's like you know but come on brother I had a brother if that is just if that's the only thing fuck the wife fuck the kid that was bullshit but if that was the only the only uh, uh, close to Bond death and no time to die the second half of the movie writes itself. But no, you gotta fucking cloud it up where it's his wife, former wife, who's like, you know, her family got killed, but she had the kid. But like, what are we doing? What are you had the Felix thing? You had the Felix thing. That movie would be one of the best bomb movies. He kills his 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 brother from another mother. We say that shit to each other all the time. But no, we have to put in the wife thing. And it's just I, it's, that's what pissed me off about that the most was you ha- you wrote the story all right, but you had to bring in this other bullshit. It's just so dumb, and the book is the same way. He can't just have 
some crazy, you know, racist dude. It's got to be, oh, well, Bond walks in the room and like, oh, man, there's not a lot of Polish people in here. That's kind of fucked up. I'm not going to save the world, but like, yeah, man, he's like, he's like, he's not just racist. He's like really racist, bro. His, diversity is his weakness. Like, come on, guys. What are we doing? What are we doing? This isn't cool. Name one cool villain that's like, oh, fuck, man. He's an asshole, but he, he he's not pro-epileptic. That's why I really hate him. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? Now, I got a question for you guys. We're getting so topical with our villains, and these movies are basically pacing themselves out of being classics. Meaning, nobody watches a movie and goes, man, Occupy Wall Street, I want to go relive that. Or, oh man, I want to relive the Anthrax Scare of 2002. Like, nobody goes through these, like, weird phases where they want to remember oddly specific, fucked up things. Or, oh, the election, or oh, this, or oh, January that. It's like, no. We want these good things, but these writers in Hollywood, soon to be computers, sadly, but these writers in Hollywood, they want to like teach us something and how important and how smart they are. And it's like, guys, when it comes time to watch your movies in five years, which is what we're supposed to do, that's why home video exists. Um, what the hell? Does anybody go well, back and want to watch? Say what? Well, you're only half wrong. So I wasn't even done yet. Oh, well, continue. Well, I would say, though, before I was so rudely interrupted by Mr. Quantum of Souls fan 627 on AOL uh, over there. <laughs> That's how I dish you, Dion. You still use an AOL chat room. Fuck you, man. <laughs> He's lying. He's lying. It's, uh... Is it Yahoo? Yahoo's still current. What's, like, a really <laughs> shitty old one that nobody uses anymore? I don't know. Email or chat? Because I think people still use Hotmail. Oh, there you go. Hotmail's still an old one. So anyway, back to your Hotmail bullshit. All I wanted to say, though, is they, they, they nobody goes back to watch these films. Everybody likes the classic stuff. It's not that we want the same stories. It's we want universal themes. Universal themes are what make movies great, and that's what ties people together and brings people together. Everyone in this sphere here, we all love movies and entertainment. There is that glue that's holding us together because the universal themes of those pictures resonate in each and every one of us. We may not look the same, have the same job, same beliefs, any of that stuff. We may be completely disparate people, but we all have those er, uh, connections to the universal themes. Therefore, we're all together for one specific reason. Movies like this, super tailored content that doesn't appeal to anyone outside of a small slice of life, those are the types of things that really make entertainment uh, cold and off-putting and really ruin the dynamic of what it's for. It's all about getting a big group of people into a theater to have a shared experience and really enjoy something. These are just... Well, I don't want to break it down in so simple forms as these are dumb, but what these are are useless contributions that create uh, no value in our modern entertainment. That's why people look elsewhere to other countries all the time. Watch Watch Japanese stuff. Watch this from that country. Read those countries' comic books. Art's not dead. It's dead in America. And like you say, Dion, it's because I think people are going to buy this shit. It's like Pete says, they just put this crap in there to put this in there. It's all dumb. And it's, honestly, in five years, no one's going to value any of this stuff. Well, you know, and the only reason I say you're half wrong is because everything you said is correct. The only part that's wrong is people do want topical stuff. But it has to be done right. In the right medium. But you can't have a top, let's say... 
you have a topical Mission Impossible movie, but like it takes two years to come out. So by the time you've written the movie, made it, and shot it, and everything's done with it, it's no longer topical. It's a passe topic. Now, on television, or a miniseries, excuse me, or something with allegory, I do agree with that statement. But like a big, when you have a big budget film, a AAA video game release, or anything that costs that amount of money to produce, it has to be for everybody and just really stand the test of time. And even, dare I say, be worthy to own on home video. Because everybody gets into a trend. Everybody has a thing they like for the moment. But these movies need to be, like, that important to people. It'll make them keep watching them and then go back for the other releases and make these things profitable. It's just Hollywood hastening their own demise by doing this. Well, and again, you know, again, that's not wrong. But, you know, things can things become dated when the topical subject is ham-fisted. But even the classics, you know, you know, we, we, we talk about Thunderball. I fucking love them. That's a classic James Bond movie. It, the topic was the Cold War, you know. Every even James with, Bond movie, though, is a is it really a commentary on the Cold War or just what it's like no, to no, live no, in no, a fictionalized no, version I of commentary. it? I didn't say commentary. It's topical, not commentary. That's the difference. When 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 you're trying to be a commentary... When you're trying to make it too ham-fisted, that's when it stops being genuine. You can have topical subjects. I mean, hell, from Russia with Love, the Soviets make an assassin specifically to go after James Bond. You know, which again, back in that is day, that actually is that actually topical, or is that just like the world? Their world, they're, they're, they've been living in for twenty years, and it's just the modern because yeah. it's like what the Cold War starts post World War Two. James Bond starts 62, so, you know, within almost two decades worth, like, is that a topical thing to make something Yeah, it's topical without being overly commentary. You know, Rambo, the topic at the time was us coming out of Vietnam. You know, in in the commentary on veterans and how they're being treated, it's topical without being so goddamn heavy handed. You know, I agree with the Rambo point. But I don't agree with the Bond, because I don't think Bond movies are topical until you get to ones like uh, The Living Daylights, where they talk about AIDS and, you know, that kind of stuff. Can you call, like, a Cold War thriller topical? Because they still make Cold War thrillers. It's yeah. almost like a genre unto itself. The topic of the time affected what, what's happening in the movie. I think I, you could say it's bare bones topical, but I think it still counts, especially when it's topical without being the entire crux of the movie. I guess so, I always uh, yeah. think the topical is like a specific event or thing and not like a large period of time. Because it's like, by that That's account, then, then every movie could be considered topical if it just there takes place of its time. So like, Little Rascals 93 could be considered topical because it's of a 1993 world. But like, yeah. I'm with you yeah, on Rambo and a commentary on, you know, right. the post-Vietnam. I mean, what were you, oh, what, six or seven, five years after People were coming back. Was it 81 in his first blood? No, 79, right? Rocky 2 is 79, I thought. No, Rocky 2 is 79. Because Rocky 1 is 77. And then Rambo 2 is 80. First Blood is a 1982 film. Yeah, First Blood's 82. Okay, okay. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, Topical doesn't have to be bad. But yeah, if, oh, no. if you're if you're if you're bringing in the topic of the time, the subject of the time, 
without fucking overloading your movie. Yeah, I'd say that that that, that definitely counts as topical. You know, especially when you use specific phrases, Soviets, Russia, what have you. I mean, obviously, and obviously, James Bond is a great example of doing it the right way, where it's like Soviets, but it's a separate sect of Spectre, right? Like, yeah, he's a Russian trained asset, but it's a Spectre asset. You have that still topical that 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 subject matter that's on the minds of everybody watching the movie without it being the entire crux of the whole damn movie and, I, and, and while it counts you know there's definitely a difference between topical and social commentary you know and social especially now social commentary is you know even if you want to stick with bond the difference between classic bond topical and current bond social commentary where it's hey yes the soviets are a subject matter it's it's built off of that but it's not a social commentary on what a man should be like in this situation with a fucking daughter out of wedlock like that that's where it becomes social commentary that's where the topical subject matter it don't fit with the rest of the fucking film and but and you know and, 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 and kind of going back to your earlier point you know that's one reason probably why bond is the target right it's this multi-generational topical subject matter where hey instead of using it as entertainment topical entertainment we're going to make it topical commentary and that's where you lose the shit especially especially in no time to die where it's oh man you know we gotta we gotta go into instead of focusing on hey you know there's this you know people have concerns of of, of shadow governments but we're going to make it uh, instead of sticking with that we're going to go to Oh, him and fatherhood. Like, what the fuck? That's that's, that's two separate fucking things. That, you shouldn't use that topic to be a commentary on what a man does. And that's where that shit falls apart. You can be, you can be uh, topical. You can, you can use the time period as a backdrop. But when you start trying to make commentary out of it, that's when shit goes off the rail. Nick, how do you feel? That, oh, Pete, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that dates the entertainment, like to the point Dion was making, when you put too much of it into the story. You know, you can interweave little pieces of it throughout, exactly. And, but yeah, you don't go too heavy handed and put it in one time, you know, in, in a context where people are going to pinpoint, you know, you want it, you want people to watch your, your media down the line, you know, five, 10, 20 years down the line. You want it to be timeless in that respect. So that's that, that's yeah. the only add-on I had to what Dion was saying. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead, Nick. Don't apologize, man. No, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, does anybody know in the last hundred years what decade had the most had the greatest greatest movies of all time? The anybody? 80s. The 80s. Uh, you're wrong. It's you're the wrong. 60s. Okay, according according to IMDb, uh, 100 100 top top 100 greatest movies of all time happened. The majority of them uh, were in the 1950s. There were 20 of them. The sixties, there were in the sixties, there were fifteen. In the seventies, there were like nineteen. In the eighties, there were six. In the ni- in nineteen ninety, there were fifteen. In the two thousands, there were like two. And there's not <laughs> been any any more on that list after that. <laughs> it's an interesting metric. I don't know if I would say that the eighties only had six of the greatest movies of all time. Right. Well, one, yeah, one, I want to know again, more this, about this list. Well, yeah, once again, this, this is this is IMDb's list, and also a- AFI American Film Institute. Um, so I think that's that's a kind of an important metric because you know 
80s had, according to them, six, and the 90s had 15, and then we go into the 2000s, like around 2000, from 2000 to 2010, we only have, looks like two. Um, that's, I think, a problem. We don't have anything worth worth watching anymore that our, 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 um, our um, fucking attention span is just too small or something. It's just terrible. I mean... I don't know. It's no continue. I'm with you 100. It's 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 all it's 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 all it's all it's 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 it's, it's all kind of gone to shit. I mean, I kind of blame the Platinum Dunes um, buying up of all these like horror horror things that you know pre pre Blumhouse uh, that they did in like what I want to say 06 like like 2011 some shit like that. They did. prom night they did take a chance on massacre they did a lot of this stuff and well, it was all very three i'm sorry oh yeah, oh yeah wow i didn't realize it was that that bad that that bad um but uh you know we have those things because they were quick cash grabs horror was a horror horror has been the bastard child of fucking hollywood for for decades i swear to god um they use it they use it to they use it to make money they use it to you know to to, to do remakes and things like that just so they can make more fucking money they don't, they don't care about the story or anything like that it's fucking terrible i mean look at the, the halloween three halloween movies we've had um we're having saw fucking 10 now i mean come on it's this is this is insane um they need to they need to come out with 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 better fucking better fucking stuff and I mean, they keep they keep doing this because it's safe and the IP is built in. I mean, that's why they, that's why Disney bought Star Wars, and they've been trying to milk that dead cow for fucking ever. But it's 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 just one of those things where it's like, are they just not smart enough? Are they detached from society this much and their public this much that they only go to some marketing team telling them, oh yeah, do this, make this move, and this will yield you more money. And then when it does it, they still double down all of this doesn't smell right to me and it all seems like bullshit it really does i don't like it and it's and it's not good uh the fact that we keep getting the fact that we're relying the, the fact that we're relying on hollywood for entertainment nowadays i think is dumb i'm i'm not a fan of these you know century old companies and and people like this doing stuff for this long like it, they should have died out you know a, a little while ago and something else should have come up in its place or something this is not good we need to we need to something needs to be done about this I believe things are happening uh, that are being done about it in the way as it's turning off people from consuming from these traditional media corporations, your Warner Brothers, your Disney, any of these places. It's like people have a finite amount of uh, tolerance for anything. And after they've been turned off, like we'll use Star Wars for an example, after sitting through the sequel trilogy and a couple bad seasons of this and that, people aren't showing up for Ahsoka. It's got the lowest numbers uh, in terms of uh, opening viewership. And I think that's yeah. a response to Hollywood not taking risks or not doing their stuff or putting mm -hmm. things out there that people don't want. They have focus groups, like you said. They have people out there that are going to know these things better than, you know, they have the data. They have the analytics. Why not use that data and go with the obvious thing? Big, um, like I always say, the universal stuff that brings us together works. Because dudes on the street going, oh my god, you saw uh, Independence Day. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And you talk for five minutes about your shit. Like, Mm -hmm. they're just creating stuff that makes people like go on Twitter and bitch and then people just turn themselves off from all that because they, they want to avoid the negativity. Life's too short and expensive to deal with this crap. Yeah, I know. Um, I know I think a couple weeks ago um, I talked about A24's movie Talk to Me and that the budget for that according to Google uh, I'm sure it's like more more than what it's, what's posted here was uh, is 
$4.5 million. Domestically so far, it's made $44 million. It's a nice return on investment. Yeah. yeah. How can how can A24 and Blumhouse and these guys do this and the other big studios can't? Like, I don't... I'm, I'm, I'm awestruck as, like, the stupidity of this whole problem. Like, it's really fucking simple. You know? Well, hey, man, they, they think they think commentary is going to turn into billion dollar movies. You know, it's yep. it, you when know, has it, it ever? It's exactly you know, and that's that's what's so crazy about it, right? You know, that's what's so crazy about it is, you know, you you put things in movies with the assumption that, yeah, man, we're gonna fucking we're gonna make a billion dollars when we put this shit in a superhero movie and just churn them out, you know, and and. And at the same time, again, it's that it's that loss of an ability to 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 be topical and not be a commentary. And you know, horror is very hard to do that with. You know, it's very hard to be heavy-handed with a subject matter that requires shit to be happening. You know, and yeah, man. I mean, I mean that's a very interesting list to bring up man i think that's shit i mean if, if you're to put in a sports perspective that's that's like that's the third down conversion rate of movies right like how many of these type do we have in this generation and that's fucking that's pretty fucking good there nick you a world-class motherfucker i like that that's what i do man that's what i do yeah apparently some people are bad in the comments like i was reading a list don't get mad at me i was reading a list okay <laughs> <laughs> I got I I looked at the data and I read it. Don't don't kill the messenger, right? I'm not Jesus. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else you guys want to say about this James Bond topic? I think we exhausted it, but you know. I think, I think we have. free bond. Free, free bond. You're not you're not kidding. You're not kidding. One day, man. That's really the, what it juggles down to, you know. Free bond shit. Uh, one of our last topics. I I feel like we already covered the CM Punk part, so you know, go back and listen to the beginning of that, folks, if you're curious about it. But uh, our final topic, that's one of the ones that's in the uh, title card, is the Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, we're calling it the Rotten Tomatoes panel scandal, ironically. But Rotten Tomatoes is under fire after a PR firm scheme to pay critics for positive reviews has been uncovered. Now Ooh. I know, I know, right? It's like a fucking Scooby Doo <laughs> episode. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes got caught, bitch. Yes. Now we've all known for a while that the way Rotten Tomatoes does business has been a bit fishy. We all know that movie scores get changed when fans aren't happy about it, and they're worried that the fan outrage is going to kill the box office. And because it does, audiences have been conditioned to look at Rotten Tomatoes as an authority on if a movie is good. And if that number is high enough, they will go see it. And if it is not, they will not go see it. That's been proven recently with Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. That massively expensive flop first debuted at the Cannes Film Festival, and the critic score was a very low 30s for a while. I think at one point it was at 13 or something crazy, and then it jumped right back up, and now it's at a respectable number. But beyond that, that movie failed, but that's one of the reasons people believe that Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny underperformed. And so we've had other films like The Last Jedi that gets accused of review bombing or Captain Marvel where they say sexist fans 
are going to hurt the film, so they change it. But Rotten Tomatoes has always been uh, very quick to bend the bend over for these companies, these movie studios, if they need to, to make a couple bucks. So, an in-depth report published earlier today by Vulture uncovered a scheme from a PR firm called Bunker 15 to goose reviews for a film starring Daisy Ridley. After the initial reviews came in, resulting in disappointing 46% score on Rotten Tomatoes, a movie, uh, that's just an explanation we don't need because we know how Rotten Tomatoes works, Vulture report that as Bunker 15 started paying lower-tier critics on the website to post positive reviews for $50 a pop, essentially trying to manipulate the system. The firm also lobbied one critic to change their negative reviews to positive. It turns out the scheme worked, and the money followed. Ophelia jumped up 62%, scoring the coveted fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and the next month, IFC Films acquired it and uh, distributed it. So, that's the story so far. Now, we've all had our opinions about uh, Rotten Tomatoes and how they handle, or how they operate, excuse me. But, uh, Pete, you're our guest. What did you think of this story when you first heard it? felt vindicated it's kind of funny because the first like minute and 48 seconds of my video i did on this today are basically taking shots at all the review bombing accusations and all that and it's like yeah well they've been paying people to you know publish reviews they've been you know slipping them slipping them a 50 or slipping them a c-note here or there to hey you know why don't you juice this review up a little bit you know we'd like it if it's like the mob. We'd like it if you did this. You know, we're not telling you to do it, but we'd like it if this happened. You know, I I thought I thought it was hilarious, to, especially after they changed their entire platform during the lead up to the Captain Marvel release with the want to see feature, um, because of the review bombing. Yeah, this is it's it is it's like we should all feel vindicated now. Because we've been saying this for years and years and years that Rotten Tomatoes is garbage. They moved the goalposts, and here it is. Proof's in the pudding. Red-handed. Dion, well, what are your thoughts? Uh, in this case, I can't help but mirror what my boy Etep is saying. It is, it is one of those moments where not only are you vindicated in, you know, kind of, uh, I guess, I'm trying to word it in a way. Like, all of the years of watching movies didn't go to waste. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and I can't help but feel vindicated, like, okay. Like, I do, like, we're not crazy, right? Like, we're not, you know, the goalposts were moved, and we all saw it, you know, and then motherfuckers like Vox and Esquire and... Yep. Um, Forbes. What was that other goofy ass website that was bitching about the Sam Raimi Spider Man suit in the in the twenty eighteen Spider Man game? Not comic book. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. You know, screen like ran. they were. Thank you, fucking screen ran. You know, like you know, there was this constant gaslighting, right? Like you guys don't know what you're talking about. They've always done it. This, you know, that's what they said. When that new feature came out, this just makes it easier to do it when we change the, to what to watch feature or, or want to watch feature. So it definitely is very vindicating as a movie, as, as a culture fan, right? At the same time, this goes back to what we were saying earlier, y'all. The internet is undefeated. You know, you have as much as places like Rotten Tomatoes want to point their thumb at, 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 at the Hollywood elite. 
they do the exact same shit. And to all those people, especially those that were riding and dying for Captain Marvel and Star Wars, you think this was just the first time, huh, bitch? Okay, well, okay. Now we know. Now we know. And you're an asshole. So I'm, yeah, I'm with ETEP on this one. If it, if it's it's pretty vindicating to be like, all right, well, they're just as bad. Nick, as a filmmaker, how do you feel about this? I feel like you guys, man, I feel vindicated that it was just a bunch of gaslighting. But also, it's one of those things where it's like anybody, anybody who kept calling us, you know, uh, conspiracy theorists, things like that. It's like, why wouldn't these Hollywood elites? rig the system if you have the means and the money and the motivation why the fuck would you not rig the system in your favor you think they're going to play fair you think that they're going to you know be like oh uh, this movie and this movie are up this weekend we'll see what happens oh hopefully we do good fuck no are you kidding me they're going to use every trick every trick they can in the book as legally as they can to Mm -hmm. fuck over every other movie that weekend and make as much money as they can swim in in their fucking tub to, to make sure that they can, you know, like, buy the newest yacht or buy another gold-plated toilet seat or whatever the fuck they want to do. Anybody and anybody who thinks Hollywood's this, like, nice place and people work... No! Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Okay? And they this will is, use controversy. This is this oh. is a goddamn business. It And, and yep. dollars are at stake. Mm-hmm. And whoever has the most money at the end wins. That's how it fucking works. Okay? Yep. And that's that's a, that's how it's been working. And, and anybody anybody who has every like people who like you know will 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 say, oh, my favorite studio is this and the other. You're a moron. I'm sorry. You really are. I, there are there are some studios that do some do some nice things here and there and do make do make good movies. Uh, this and that. But like, don't fucking rep your favorite studio or be like, oh, this one's good. This one's that. I mean, like like I was saying, a twenty four before was making money. They know how to make money. They've made a few good movies, but before that, they were making art house bullshit. Okay. Nobody watched it. Tell them, Nick. Tell them, Nick. And they finally, they finally got their heads out of their asses, and we're like, "Well, we can do this better. We can do this way better." And they did, and they're doing it. They're the ones who even crossed the picket line somehow, and they're actually able to go back in production because they're make, they're thinking about the money in the end. That's what it is. It's not because they care about the fucking writers. They they don't want their production to stop in their movies. Okay, so they would yeah, plan out roll. a certain way. That you know, and that's 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 how it fucking works. The other the other big companies were like, oh, we can you know we can kind of you know not make things for a while. We'll see what happens with them. I think they're gonna fuck themselves. They're really gonna fuck themselves because they're if 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 this goes past a certain point, if this goes let let's say if this goes to the end of the year, there's gonna be a portion of time where like theaters may go to business because there's not gonna be any movies, or we might get a a a, a cool resurgence of like old movies coming back to the theaters. That might happen just to kind of keep people, you know, keep people coming in. Um, because, yeah, this is all a fucking business. I'm sorry. Anybody who loves Disney and think it's a warm fuzzy, no, they could give two shits about you. They're going to charge you $8 a goddamn water in the park. They're going to charge you, you know, $15 for six chicken nuggets because they fucking can't. Okay? It's all a fucking business. Bingo. I don't have anything to add to that besides bingo. Fuck it. Uh Let's see what the audience is saying about this one. I apologize again for not having the most deep response, but I feel like everything I've had, uh, you know, I feel vindicated as well. So, uh, I guess the Lions scored a touchdown, Dion, so I know you didn't miss that. That's in the chat. Yep. Fourth down, 
Yeah, well, I guess we don't have anything else really to add about the Rotten Tomatoes stuff because you know they're not going to change. What's going to happen is they're going to continue to operate the same way they do, restrict negative opinions, keep pushing the positive, make these movies appear to be the best I mean, thing ever. The, I mean, if, if if you're a frequent visitor of Rotten Tomatoes' website, don't visit it. That's all I can say. I mean, there's not really anything you can do about it. You know? you know, I turned off my ad blocker for their site, and then it didn't work anymore, so I just stopped using it. Yeah, I mean that's that's the only thing I can say to 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 do. I mean, because any any sort of click, any sort of activity on the site is going to get them paid. So I mean, that's about it. I mean, unless you unless you can think of what is it, unless people want to start using, using Letterbox or something. If that's, I mean, a, that's if, a if that's a vi- if that's a viable alternative, if you, but I mean, even then, what if that gets too big and then that becomes corrupt? Then what? Then we have to go to another thing. Like it just keeps fucking going. So I don't know. We'll create a platform, Nick. Better yet, better yet, just trust us and trust your friends. Just, just that, uh, just, just go with that. Okay, go with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah. folks in the chat, let's check out. Uh, let's check in on you guys in just a moment. Let's look at our show notes one last time. Oh, yeah, we have a fan letter to read tonight on air. I'm not going to read it just yet. But, Dion, it's about you uh, fighting the Dark Lord of the Sith. Oh. There you go. Well, then you're going to love this fan mail. Folks, if you want to send us fan mail and have it read on the air, just send it to worldclassbs at mail.com. The best mail. Dot com. <laughs> and in the tagline or the byline, just say, hey, read this on air. And if it's cool, we'll read it on air. And if it's not, we'll tell you thank you for sending a letter anyway. So, uh, our friend Asato Fortune, who's a channel member for six months, thank you, Asato Fortune, for all your support. We appreciate you here. He says, Ahsoka leaks... Or sorry, Ahsoka these nuts. Hi, fellas. Star Wars is dead as CM Punk's wrestling career. Dead Pokemon, please. Low main rocks! <laughs> Should I make a... Well, the low main button would be a really long button, but it would. Could, it would. Well, I mean, you 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 can just pull the thing from uh, from Lost Boys. Oh yeah, I could pull that. Yeah, I should have put that clip in the video I made, folks. Follow us on all of our social media platforms because we turned our Dion low main Bukaki clip into something pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, um, I will. I will post the video of us. Um... And I'll give you the link for it as well. Uh, the we, we tested out. Uh, well, t- I shouldn't say we tested. Out. We we tried some alcohol from uh, Steve Lemmy from Broken Lizard called Rhino Dart at the convention. I cut it together. I, I have the social media cut that I'm going to post tomorrow, and I'll give Jeff the full uh, the full version as well, so he can post it to uh, YouTube and stuff. Uh, folks, you're going to get to see some fun new WCBS content. I'm still working on that office here and a couple other things, and uh, then you'll be seeing a lot more of us. So. Uh, Santo Fortune, thank you for that. Here's your request. Who's that Pokemon? It's dead. <laughs> Every time for you two? Yep. <laughs> so, Georgian, thank you very much. He says, SAG video game voice actors should strike. Gamers, cool. We can go through to our old game bag... Our- we can go through our old game back catalog and watch the industry burn and turn. Benefit. Yeah, um, I, I heard about that recently as well. They're they're trying to get they're trying to get everybody to strike, and it's I, I think it's hilarious. I mean, keep doing it. I don't fucking care. I've I've got physical media and I've got things backed up on hard drive. It doesn't hurt me at all. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the people who who live who live and die by streaming are gonna be real pissed off, but that's not my problem. Uh, I'm I'm always on the side of the artist. You know, they deserve to get paid what they get paid or get paid for their services. Studios, you gotta stop screwing people over. Uh, so, Georgian, thank you very much. Uh, Lawrence Charlton, thank you for becoming a new channel member. Greatly appreciate that. I uh, hope you have a good time here. So, Georgian says, so bounding into comics, we already read that one. We gave you the oh, whole yeah. James Bond segment. TLJ Screwjob, thank you. He says, the man they couldn't queef the day the queef came out. EQ, the extra queef terrestrial. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, ET kind of does look like it. Well, never mind. <laughs> he looks like a turd. Okay. Sure. <laughs> so, um, TLJ Screwjob also says, if it bleeds, we can make it queef. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Escape from the Barbie Land says, you think, 00- you think 007 being woke is bad? There's an actual Barbenheimer movie in development. Look up Barbenheimer Joe Blow. It's the first result. Yeah, I think I think I, th- I think the asylum is doing that. I could I could be wrong, but I heard that they were doing it. Um, but you know, it's the asylum. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> don't look. Don't go looking for quality from them. All right, they made they made six uh, Sharknado movies. So. Hmm. Yeah, hey, I, hey, I want to get to, especially with the asylum. But yeah, any any Sharknado's goofy bullshit like that, yeah. yeah, I would uh, too worked it. But just yet, until until we start hearing some, what was it Sandra Bullock is Harriet Tubman level shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Wait for Jesse Eisenberg as Malcolm X. <laughs> you laugh, but that movie would make dozens of dollars at the bank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd be able to buy three fucking candy bars, <laughs> or one big Jake or a big John steak and onion sandwich, Dion. That'll be enough for hey, me. Hey, if, it's, if it was with my boy, fuck yeah, I'll gladly spend my whole movie budget to buy a big John steak and onion sandwich. Man, I was disappointed. <laughs> I took my wife to hate. My wife never been to Halo Burger. I took her there last time we were down in Flint. She was like, "This isn't very good." I'm like, "How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you?" Oh my god. Now, this movie isn't from the Asylum. It's from Full Moon uh, Productions. Oh, yeah, Full Moon. Okay, well, okay, Full Moon. Yeah, once again, it's full, like, it, much Yeah, Full Moon have made things like, pup, what is it, fucking Puppet, puppet Masters and oh. Subspecies and, like, a kind of, yeah. like, they were, they were really big in the 80s and 90s. They're not quality either. They're, they're, they're like, they're like, they're like Asylum, but just, they've yeah, been around. Yeah, weren't they, didn't they make a bunch of the, uh, the non-canon sequels. Did they do the technical? What was it? Terminator Two, but that was also released as fucking, uh, like the Shadow People or something like that, where they were getting yeah. a bunch of like Italian and foreign movies and releasing them in in other markets as the sequel to these other big movies. Yep, yep, yep. They were they were the ones who kind of who kind of mark who did the who started doing doing the mockbusters, like yep. uh, the Asylum did. Yes, yeah, so they started like they they kind of got they started that trend. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Well, also, guys, here's the thing: if you want to talk about uh, quality assurance in a film, the film is going to be Gin filming next month and is aiming for a Christmas 2023 release on Amazon Prime. Just for reference, folks, this article is yeah. from the 30th of August. It is I'll, September I'll 7th. That. 
Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Like, why this is a big deal? Like, it, it's just full moon. It's not like it's a, it's a giant thing. It's not a big deal. It's. So, I can't believe it's actually a thing though. I, it, one month production. It's going to be some high quality. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen some of that. Like, when they get lazy, they get real fucking lazy, and they can just pump something out in a week. Like, they can shoot something in a weekend and have it done by like in a month. Like, they they can do that. But, I wouldn't um, not show me. Yeah, Jeez, it's fucking terrible. I've seen some of their shit, man. This was just god awful. TLJ Screwjob says. People saying stuff like this new James Bond novel and Disney Star Wars is fan fiction are wrong. That would mean that the people in charge of these properties are fans, and they clearly aren't. <laughs> That's 100% true. That's a good point, man. That's a good fucking point. Especially yeah, James Bond. Yeah, because if they were actually fans, they'd fucking care. TLJ Screwjob, thank you very much for generous super chat. Albatross says, This new Bond book is basically the uh, intern bad guy from She-Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you talk about another example of that very issue. She Hulk is it to the T, man. You know, it's it's uh, you know, don't get me wrong. You know, my boy, my my brother from another mother, Nick. You know, he has a way with words, but the motherfucker ain't wrong. Like, you know, this is a, it's a systematic thing. You know, and She Hulk's a perfect example, especially when you. Take it, take into account what Nick said, and then you watch the final episode of She-Hulk. Like, it that's like a fucking Twitter AI wrote the end of that shit. Like, yeah, yeah, that, that's a perfect super chat, man. It is, yeah, hundred hundred percent agree with that. Albatross, thank you very much. I'm uh, Dion. I'm glad you took the the plunge for She-Hulk for all of us. Now, when season two comes out, I'm sure you'll watch that on. Okay, oh, you don't have to put that bad mojo <laughs> in my home, sir. I'm, you know, you, you could say it; it could happen. You know, even though, even though on a serious note, someone mentioned She-Hulk too, and both the women in my life, my wife and my sister, were like, eh, "I don't know about that." <laughs> <laughs> so, I love, I, I love how they, I love how the demographic there, like they were pissed at me for making us watch that shit. Every Thursday before the show, like I, they, I got some backlash, boys. I love, I love how Disney's trying to target that market, and that market is saying, "No, we don't want it." Yep, yep. It's yeah. almost as if women are people too. Huh? It's weird. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, what is a woman? <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. Don't come for me, goddammit. <laughs> like I said, my brother got away with words. <laughs> Our friend, not that alt-right guy, thank you very much for your super chat, he says, Mike Myers should say that shit is too on nose, on on His Majesty's Secret Queef, or on his Queef's Secret Service. God. Now, if you're in the Secret Service of a Queef, like, what are your mission objectives? (laughs) Hey, if that's your thing, bro, I don't judge. I don't want to be that that Secret Service agent, unless it's a... A Jim Wynorski Productions or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a Lloyd Kaufman. You can there you go. Troll That's troll. Guys, Full Moon Productions. They're going to have that be the sequel to Barbara. Oh, my so God. There you go. Gosh. Easy, easy. Queefenheimer? Queefenheimer. That's that's the title of the night. Queefenheimer. Queefenheimer. 
I can't wait for I can't wait for Queefenheimer too. Attack of the Queefs. Attack of the Queefs. Then you got you know you got Queefenheimer three, Revenge of the Queef. I mean it's just big third down here, Etet. I know, man. Wait, wait, wait. I I'm, I must be behind because Detroit. I got uh, two minutes to go. Uh, first and 10, 21 20 Detroit. Okay, yeah, it's still 21 20, but you're, you're about like a minute behind. So, all right, okay. <laughs> so, so if Dion cheers, you'll know what happened. All right, I know. Gonna, I've been kind of, I've, been, kinda, very like, I've, been, I've been staying quiet. I'm like, I, I don't, <laughs> I'm over here just on pins and needles going, like, Oh, god, don't let Mahomes complete that pass on fourth and 25. <laughs> I'm trying very hard not to, is all I'm saying. Oh my god! Right. If only Kendo were here right now, he'd be like, "Yeah, go Chiefs!" I, I just oh. Because I love the Chiefs brought me in. Holy shit! Well, Dion, while you're on the edge of your seat, uh, let's read the next super chat. By the way, folks, yeah. we've had a yeah, lot yeah, of student yeah, yeah. solo orders come in. I don't know if it's from the stream or from the video today, but either way, thank you if you're listening. And if you haven't gotten a copy, go to stealingsolo.com right now. I'm going to send out the next shipment tomorrow. And we're getting down to the final couple of cases. So, yeah, uh, grab yourself a copy. I'll do the sequel. TLJ Screwjob says, Stuff like this James Bond book is exactly what Az was talking about in his viral Starfield video. You try to play a futuristic game about space exploration or read a James Bond book, but pronouns slash BLM. Yeah, it takes me out of the experience, and I don't want a talking to. I don't want one from anyone. I don't want one from a parent, a Karen, a book. It's like, let me go my own way. Let me find my own way. And especially as a piece of entertainment that I spend my money on to consume, you owe me. Because I've given you my time, which translates to money, for your product. I'm not saying you need to cater to my whims, but you should have a story that respects my intelligence. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Let's see. Uh, you're all morons. Backwards says, respect the hero. If you write this hero, don't try to change the hero. If you're the steward of this IP, times change, but the hero stays the same. This book is bullshit. I don't disagree at all. Uh, especially if you're taking over an established IP. It's not your place to uh, change it up to your vision. It's to take the pieces and play with them in the most appealing way to everybody. Like, oh, make Bond be relatable. Now, you could do certain things, like James Bond doesn't need to smoke or have his scar to be James Bond. You could, you know, change certain things, but I'm with you. You don't change the character. You don't change the characteristics. You don't change his looks. You don't change anything. We like it for what it is. TLJ Screwjob, thank you very much for your super chat. He says, what do you guys think about Bob Iger versus Bob Chapek article that came out? How Iger wouldn't give Chapek the CEO office because it had a shower. <laughs> I was sent that today on X, formerly known oh, as Twitter. I believe that. I believe that that uh, that Iger is that fucking petty because he's the one who who thinks he's untouchable and thinks he can go on TV and say say some dumb shit and like nobody's in, nobody's gonna think twice about it. It's like the internet's undefeated and like it exists. I'm I'm sorry you're old and you don't understand that. Well, Bob Iger just was not a very good CEO. And and he's, he's still, still not. There. I mean, it, yeah, and 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 it, it shows now that you know he's just trying to put out fires, and they're still like you know going. You know, the ship's still going down real slowly when it's going down. So, yeah. Goliath! Yes, sir. <laughs> Good for you, Dion. They finally beat the Chiefs. 
beat the. Oh, Dolphins they're gonna figure a way to fuck champion. it up. So don't not do not think that I. This is oh, I thought that was the game. It is the game. Yeah, I'm happy right now, but we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> it's week one. It's only week one. It's only week one. Well, they're undefeated. Congratulations. Uh, TLJ Screwjob, I'm going to look more into that article uh, and see about doing a video on that. By the way, folks, been playing around with the YouTube algorithm because stuff keeps changing. And according to YouTube, most of you are online in the afternoons. So tell me what time of the day you would usually watch WCBS videos. Were you one of our diehard fans that would watch them as soon as they drop at the same time in the morning? Or you go back and check out, or when are you on YouTube the most? Because I can look at data, and I do, but I want to know exactly how you guys uh, interact with us as well. So that way we can do more to interact more. Also, too, guys, as we keep telling you, we're growing our Patreon. We're on our, you know, push to 200K, 200 patrons, all of that stuff. We're going to start implementing in a few weeks. We just got to get our scheduling down because, you know, Kendo the doctor and all that stuff. But we want to do a fan stream for you guys where we have our patrons on and you guys are on the show with us. So if you want to join us over on Patreon and become a member and become that, please do. Uh, Also, when we get our scheduling locked down, too, we'll do our exclusive Rumble stream. Because we hit our first goal a while ago, and we're still growing that presence because we want to be everywhere. And we want to give you guys that too. So just give us a little bit of time to work out the schedule. And the guys and I have been recording a ton of stuff as of late, so we're going to keep on giving you guys more and more WCBS. Uh, Shadowworks Media says, Nick, how does this business side of Hollywood factor into pushing certain worldviews slash ideologies in film, if it's pissing people off and deterring people from getting into the movies due to politics, or going to the movies due to politics. Like I said, between the higher-ups and the audience, there's like a marketing people that, that they're hiring that are doing the wrong shit. They're like 20-somethings just out of college, you know, who are who are telling them the wrong things. Like, oh, you must you must go over this group, must do this, must be diverse, must think about everybody, this, that, and the other. It's not fucking working. And I keep listening to them because... I don't know fucking why. The higher-ups are old and they're dumb and they don't know any better. That's really what it boils down to. Um, I don't have all the answers. Um, and they once again, they, they think it's all about money and this, that, and the other, but obviously they're not making it and they don't know why. They keep blaming everybody else and it's a whole fucked up thing and you know now they're all on strike and they can't really do much. So, yeah. I mean... That's that. I mean, that that's all the Hollywood machine is—is is like trying to make money on top of the stuff. And I don't know. Maybe maybe they're part of that whole like ESG score or DEI score or that bullshit. And they're trying to get as high as they could, or you know, so they could get a free toaster or something. I don't fucking know. Um, I love but... my DEI toaster. <laughs> that could be it too. I mean, they could have been trying to go for for that score or something as well. I don't know. Um, but it's all it's like I don't know. You're you're trying to trying to look for 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 us. Uh, you know, smart people in Hollywood and like things that make sense. You're not going to fucking find it. It's, it's Hollywood. <laughs> uh, you, sir, are not wrong. Uh, but thank you to our friend Shadowworks Media. That's a cool uh, screen name, by the way. TLJ Screwjob says, can I get a bone saw and an aftermath Uncle Ben? Yes, you can. That's uh, what we call the old Tobey Maguire combo. So first off, you wanted this one. We get this. Who's that Pokemon? It's Uncle Ben. Stop hurting Uncle Ben. Oh, damn. God, that was a good movie. Great movie. We're and not no, close to it. All you amazing Spider-Man fans, the movie still sucks. 
I like Andrew Garfield too. The movie still sucks. The second one ain't great either. Get over it. You guys lost. You lost the war. Let it go. Was it Paul? Was it Paul Giamatti in the Robo Rhino costume, Dion? <sighs> That's a separate episode. We'll, 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 we'll get into that, fans. Make sure you subscribe and hit the bell. And we'll go. We'll, we'll get, if you want that conversation, send send us an email, make some comments. We'll dive into that. Shit. Uh, TLJ Scrooge says, yeah, Nick, you can keep an overpass and shot again. Okay. <laughs> I've known you for years, and I feel like that joke just went over my head. Um, I, yeah, I've known you Jim Wynorski thing? Is that what we were probably, watching? Like, probably, probably what it is. Okay. Yeah, they're probably, well, yeah. Probably that. We had a uh, hell of a time watching all those movies at Horrorhound when we were off the clock. Oh, God. Or no, who are we watching? Actually? No, 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 no. That was Andy Sedaris. Andy Sedaris. Andy Sedaris. Andy oh, Sedaris. Okay, my yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, we were yeah. watching. Was it the one I when I came over we watched the Pat Morita? Was that? Yep. Uh, yep. Do, is that Do or Die? Yeah, yeah. we were. No, I had them all in a. I had them all in a folder, and they were just like replaying throughout the folder. Yeah, I need <laughs> so, to get those. So, so, so at any point, like there were tits and guns on the screen the entire weekend in the hotel room. <laughs> it was great. Oh man. Uh, Escape from Barbie Land says, "Please hear from the actual synopsis. Sorry, please hear the actual synopsis of Barbie. Ugh, wow, I cannot read. He wants us to read the actual synopsis synopsis of Barbie. God Heimer. damn it! Okay, I, I found it, and here's what it is. I know there are like four masters about this. Okay, it's uh, here's what it is. Deep within Dollsville, a group of fed up female dolls led by the brilliant Doctor Barbenheimer build an atomic bomb. Their mission to bring down the patriarchy once and for all." But as the battle of the sexes swells, will Barbenheimer and her bevy of beauties end up blowing up more than they could, more than they bargained for? Comedy, drama, action, and Armageddon erupt in Full Moon's latest freaked, freak out fantasy film, Barbenheimer. That's that's what I've gotten so far. Unless you have a link for like the actual one, but yeah, that's what I got. Once again, it's fucking Full Moon. I don't know what you guys are like excited or mad about it's fucking full moon if you if, if you're if you're if you're near our age they 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 went out yeah. they went out with like they were popular when we were like probably kids and you could still get stuff yeah. in the video store oh they yeah i remember anything, seeing those everywhere yeah they haven't made anything relevant in like 15 or 20 years yeah yeah like like whenever like the joke is made about um like old tv shows and they're like, well, yeah, who's so-and-so? Like, you guys are getting excited. Full Moon is that to us. Like, they were never great. <laughs> yeah, they made a bunch of really fun straight-to-DVD movies. Like, Puppet Master, I think they're on, like, the 20th or 25th one or something. It's insane. Um, they've done a lot of fun stuff, and we, we would watch as kids. But, like, none of it was... At some at some point, it just did, they, they quit They quit being profitable and making money. Like, it's just, it's just done. You know, like I, I know they have their own like um, uh, streaming app, and they make some stuff every now and again, but it's like really low rent shit. Did you want me to add Puppet Master Twenty to our box office list? So Saw God, Ten, None Two, Puppet no. Master Twenty. Jesus Christ! You know what? There's there's a there are two ways to watch the Puppet Master movies, either chronologically or order of release. It's weird because they've recently gone back and done a whole World War Two thing now, and it's dumb. Um, yeah, that was weird. I saw that. I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. Like, I, I, I grew up with the Puppet Master, you know, the original ones. And I'm like, I just, I reviewed the first one last year. And after, like, the first couple, they just get, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I know. Yeah. But well, yeah, we we read the synopsis. That's unless... the nicest way to say that. Yeah. So. Um. But yeah, we've read the synopsis. Unless there's another particular one you want to straight put it in the chat right now, the link, and I'll try to like read that. But that's what I found. Once again, it's done by Full Moon and Charles Band. Like it's yeah. <laughs> They're not. We should. <laughs> it's something I know about. We gotta read the uh, what's your well. I'm glad the audience sends us messages like that to check out stuff because I didn't know about it. So I'll tell you thanks because now Barbenheimer the movie is on my radar. Like I did the Barbenheimer experience this summer not because it was trendy, but because I made a mistake. So I saw Barbenheimer and uh, I did not like Barbie, but I definitely enjoyed Oppenheimer. And so I guess we should watch it for the. Uh... Yeah, I mean it's gonna be on Prime and in, in, in like. <laughs> By the end of the year, you watch for the channel. I mean, it's not that. It's not that bad of a movie. No, 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 not Barbie. I'm talking this new Barbenheimer. Oh, I mean, fuck yeah, we should watch that. How's that even a question? It's called Barbenheimer. How are we not going to watch that for the channel? What the fuck are you two talking? That's <laughs> fucking. With the minute that comes out, we're going to watch it. Yeah, it, like, it, yeah, it'll be. It'll, like yeah, fucking, we'll we'll, um, we'll 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 have it immediately. Um, I yeah. I, I, I love I, I love how I love how the poster says D cup a bomb, <laughs> <laughs> exploding soon. Like that's that's the poster. <laughs> Are you sure this isn't an Andy Sedaris movie? I I, I kind of wish it was. It took a little bit longer to make, but apparently they want to make a buck, so they're making it like tomorrow. <laughs> we yeah, should just go ask to be in the picture. picture. I mean, we do. I'm sure we'd. Have, I'm sure we'd have to like fly down like yesterday to where they were shooting and and be there right now. Nick, you got that DeLorean? It's kind of my dream <laughs> to be in this movie. You're... You heard about this thing like ten minutes ago. Calm down. Yes, and dreams can be born quickly, as long as the passion's there. And I'm passionate about being in Barbenheimer. <laughs> The passion oh, of the Barbenheimer. Um, I, 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 I don't know. Tweet tweet Charles Band and see if he has room for us. We'll see if we can make get, get a quick flight somewhere and go be in this. I mean, I'm going to do that in a minute. <laughs> <Should> I... <laughs> Folks, I've been tweeting out the stuff that I said I would tweet out on uh, you know, Twitter. So follow us over there, folks, at WorldQuestBS. Yeah, if you... Yeah, if, if you hold on, let's see. I wonder if, I wonder if Charles... Um... Nick, you write the email. Or you write the tweet. I'm going to read us an email while you're looking at it. You do that. You do that. <laughs> so one of our listeners, I, I the screen name escapes me, uh, but uh, we're not going to read his real name. But he says, Dion is the most beloved member of the channel. I thought it was Kendo. And Darth Vader is one of the most popular Star Wars characters, hence the logical setup for them to fight. While common logic would dictate that Vader would easily kill Dion... Both Kenobi and Ahsoka suggest that Dion could survive a lightsaber stab by him. Both Reva and Sabine survived lightsaber stabs in the gut. Yet, most cautiously, only Sabine needed to be taken to a doctor. Thus, Reva clearly survived her encounters with Vader because black don't crack. (laughs) (laughs) That might have been one of the greatest things that have ever been read to me. Well, there's more, Dion. Because it goes on to... Lightsabers have been different effects, or have had different effects on different things. The viable blood of Ponda Baba's severed arm and the accompanied cauterized wound from different characters as a sign of this. Therefore, Dion would be able to survive a lightsaber attack under the same logic as Reva. 
but Vader could force choke Dion and kill him, which would be true if just by the two of them were left in a room. Now, there are, if there are a plethora of white women, or excuse me, a plethora of white women in the room, or even just one, Dion has a chance, for it has been proven that Dion is the defender of all white women. Thus, if one is in danger of being killed by Darth Vader, Dion would overcome all odds to defend her and her honor. I fully believe that if a white woman is in danger from a force user, Dion could nullify all attempted force attacks on his person. <laughs> on a side note, I have also heard rumors that Dion's mere presence makes the white women gain two cup sizes. I don't know how reliable Hulk Hogan is as a source, though. <laughs> note that the woman in the situation's white skin makes her unable to absorb the heat of a lightsaber due to her ancestors evolving in caves. As a result, Dion Green would prevail in fighting between himself and Darth Vader if a white woman were in danger. Dion's love of white women and the fact that Star Wars <laughs> and Black don't crack provide a very yin-yang effect of against Vader's powers. Though Vader could still actually choke Dion as he did to Captain Antilles at the start of the film. <laughs> oh my god. That, that is be... the greatest email we have ever received in our 371 episodes. That like, 100% that... is the greatest email. Like, oh, that, God. Like, that... I love you for that. That is no other... <laughs> that's... That, yeah. That's, <laughs> hey, I, lo I love this fucking email. God, that, that, rem that reminds me about... Uh, this is something I wrote in the chat, like, I think, like, last year or something. I was, I was writing, like, a quick... A very, a very quick, like, synopsis. Like, we were joking around about... Writing Dion a script about white women, and I was like, okay, I'll write one. I was like, he, you know, he goes on a trip and like he takes a detour, goes down like a dirt road, and then his car breaks down. He has to walk to the cabin. Cabin's full of, of all these fucking white women on their bachelorette party, and they keep they, they, they keep telling him, they keep like convincing him to stay. And he's like, no, no, I gotta go. You know, I'll go sleep in the car. I'll, t I'll use the phone and leave, and then like they all get naked and you know bang him to bang him until some some crazy redneck murderer comes around and starts killing them, and he has to, he has to escape. Yeah, Dion, you got a lot of good movies set up in your future. <laughs> listen, all, listen, I can get hit by a bus tomorrow, and Please I don't. have made it. Like even, <laughs> even, which listen, I won't. But the fact that I got, we had this little ass show, and someone came up with that epic ass email just randomly because they listened to me on the internet. I, I have made it, bitch. I have made it. Get, get the fuck out of my way, bitch. I have made it, son. That's hilarious. <laughs> Holy shit. By the way, I did um I did I did tweet Charles Band and I did we we did repost the, the poster, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I doubt we'll get a response, but we'll see what happens. Let's fucking go. He just, he'll call us up, he's like, guys, I actually do need some help. <laughs> yeah. I got and it's the worst idea. experience of our lives. Oh no, I'm sure it would be. Uh, I'm sure it would be. I mean, be. hey, it's a hell of a story though. He's yeah. like, guys, I need you to uh Help me get some credit for this film. So, Nick, you're going to be signing up for some credit cards for Full Moon Productions. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what, what is he, Kevin Smith? What the fuck? <laughs> he's been doing this since, like, 78. He should he should know better by now. Shit. Sounds like Paul Heyman. Yeah. Shit. I mean, you ain't wrong. I mean, Checks will clear. He's a Tommy Dreamer with some teary eyes. Well, uh, he ain't wrong. <laughs> Uh, Xavier to God, what is up? He says, so I recently started playing GTA 5 online again to play with my cousins, but I also find that, or to, also to find out in June this year, they removed 180 vehicles and aircraft. Wait, what? I did not what? learn that at all. That's, that's upsetting. Why? 
I mean, I'm just learning about this now, so I don't know. But it does annoy me because there's no reason to take it out. It just makes your game lesser. They probably, they probably don't probably don't want you speeding on the you know, on the virtual interstate or you know hijacking a plane or something like that. You know, something fun that you can do in only a video game and not in real life. Well, I mean, it takes place in fictional California, so I guess it makes sense if you look at it like that. <laughs> California made them take out those vehicles and aircraft. <laughs> They're not you know going to be carbon neutral by twenty twenty five. So that is the most Gavin Newsom thing I, I I've ever heard of, and it, I wouldn't put it fucking past him. Line, motherfucker. Yeah, no. would not put it past him. I I also read, I think it was a, a tweet or something I saw that like maybe GTA six is going to be one hundred and fifty dollars. I'm like, go fuck yourself. You're not going to sell any copies. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, Rockstar didn't lost their mind. They ain't lost their goddamn mind. Yeah. You sure about that? I mean, now that you asked. See, I if GTA 6 is $150, that would be the funniest thing ever. Because their greed, the shark card, it just never stops. It's been a decade. It has literally been 10 full years since Grand Theft Auto V came out. I was a senior in college. God, I'm old now. Anyway, I was a senior in college, and it was the biggest game release. I was so hyped, I skipped classes that day. Went and got the game, played it for two days straight, <laughs> bought it again on PS4 a year later. Like, I was hooked on GTA Five. That was 2018 when I kind of got tired of it. And now we're in 2023, and I've all but given up on Grand Theft Auto. So, even though I would have paid that kind of money for a Grand Theft Auto game years ago, not anymore. I've just, I've, I've tapped out of Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Yeah, it used to be that uh, that nice gold standard of um, of just you know of, of having fun and doing dumb shit, but uh, not anymore, man. They kept they kept promising stuff here and there, and they kept trying to you know say, oh yeah, it'll be out, it'll be out, well we'll have it done. It's like no, it's not fucking happening. Mm. Uh... No, it's not. Oh god, I can't believe they took out that shit though. That's really annoying. Hundred and eighty vehicles and aircraft. What the f- like? What's left? <laughs> I'm, I'm really? Vice, I'm still playing Vice City on a PS2, so I mean, there's that. <laughs> well, well, at you least they're, the they're never going to... What's that? You didn't get the upgraded edition? I The newest system I have is I got my kid a Switch for Christmas last it's year. It's on there. I play more than he does. Is it? I'll, I'll have to check it out. Then. I didn't realize it was on there. Oh, no. It's, well, it's a broken clusterfuck of a game you don't want to get <laughs> Oh well, well I, I already I already spent eighty five dollars on Fight Forever, so I mean that's never worked since I downloaded it. So I mean, yeah, I'm not. I won't. I won't waste any money on that then. Jeez. Uh, the our friend Dan I didn't get Fight Forever was because there were a bunch of people that were like, yeah, it hasn't worked for me. I was like, God damn it! I want to give you Dude, my money. Make shit I, work. I bought the it was the elite edition which was like eighty five bucks and yeah it's never worked I downloaded it and it won't finish downloading and it's never worked I did I bought it like right when it came out God so. damn yeah I wanted to buy that game dude I now got, someone I could have can't play I could have spent that at the provisioning center that's bullshit <laughs> so guys is there anything else uh, we want to talk about before uh, we put this baby to bed free ayo. Um, all of our playlists are in the our, our link tree or all links, whatever it's called. Uh, go check it out. Go listen to them. Uh, tell us what you think. If you hate it, if you love it, whatever. You know, let us know. 
Yes, folks, the Ballad of Co... Sorry, the Ballad of Couch Kendo is the ultra... So last week was the Art of Lomain, this is the Ballad of Couch Kendo. So, so, so you, you, you and me are up, are up next weekend. <laughs> oh, sorry, next show. <laughs> yeah, what are we gonna... Oh, Jesus, it's gonna be... Yeah. It's gonna be a good one. Yeah. Ah, shout out to our pal Vinny. Vinny, what up? We gotta talk soon, man. I appreciate all the links you sent me. I've just been swamped with work. But, uh, I definitely want to come hang out with you guys. Uh, Vinny puts out yeah, great books I, and some great streams. Yeah, he's been messaging me too on Twitter to, to join the stream. I just haven't been able to in all honesty. I've been busy every weekend, and this is this is no exception. I mean, I'll try to come on this weekend as well and hang out. But, uh, yeah, I'll see what happens. I'm just like, everybody, everybody needs me this this month. I don't know what it is. It's September. You know, October <laughs> is inventory time at Statler Toyota, but September... <laughs> That's what it friend. is. That's what it is. They're getting ready for inventory inventory on in October. That's why. Everybody needs the Bombay Bad Boy in September. Oh, fuck. <laughs> hey, you named yourself that. <laughs> I like that's, it. That's how I'm gonna introduce Nick whenever he comes on the show now as oh, the Bombay God. Bad Boy. <laughs> what now just to give the audience a quick tease of what's on our Patreon, what what were we talking about with Kendo yesterday? They're changing the name of India to what Barai, not Barai, right? A Bharata thing is what is what he said. Barata, yeah, like, okay. yeah, because like yeah, India, Ranger shit. Yeah, because India is like tired of being called India or something, and they want to change it. It's just like, oh god, just stop. <laughs> just That's a valid concern. <laughs> we don't like what our name is. Jeez, and I love I love how a Hulk like that's how that's that's how uppity they be, they become in such a short time. It's like want to change our name and fuck up all the maps <laughs> for 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 forever. It's like really thanks. Well, good thing I didn't invest in globes. Yeah, but to say good thing you didn't invest in globes. <laughs> there goes my globe fortune oh, God. down the drain. I ain't got that globe money no more, baby girl. Shit, shit. <laughs> Either that, or they're gonna be sought after because they have India on them and not Bharat. <laughs> it's a limited edition. This one's got India and Burma, former now known as Myanmar. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Do you have go. Czechoslovakia too? Yes. <laughs> this is the bootleg right. model. The bootleg put, model. Put me down for three, good sir. I gotta buy three for the American schools. <laughs> does, it, does it come with a moon globe as well? Unfortunately, this globe is flat. Um, <laughs> uh, Are you sure uh, not the way my globe is there, pal? The way my globe is set up, uh, it's a jump to conclusions, Matt. Ah, get it? You jump to conclusions. <laughs> it's got all kinds of different conclusions you can jump to. God, I love that movie so fucking much. It's fantastic. Funniest movie of 1999. Uh, we got to do a 1999 best of one of those elimination brackets that we usually do over oh, on Patreon. God. Oh, God. Well, we've done it for everything else. For, for candy, movies? for breakfast food, for, yeah. for sodas, all kinds of shit. Hell for yeah. 1999 movies, Dion. Fuck yeah, dude. All right, let's. Yeah, uh, there, there's no, down. there's no way we can have a bracket big enough for all the movies we love. That's just, that's, 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 that's not feasible. Uh, I'm sure with our friend the computer, we could make that happen. The computer. <laughs> I'll call up Conky Three Thousand. <laughs> yeah, I know. It would just be a lot, a lot of, it would just be a lot to undertake for sure. Well, the audience is worth it. So, uh, folks. Thank you for watching us tonight. I'll be back on Saturday with another video. Check out Friday is our clip day, so make sure that you guys uh, check out these clips. If you can't catch us live, well, listen to this version. 
But if you're in a super rush, hey, we're not here to judge, check out the WCBS clips. I'm going to be compiling those into a nice big file here on the channel, aka playlist, and that way you can catch all of our clips, but the best way is to catch us live so you can be a part of that. So folks, from all of us here at WCBS, thank you for watching. Be smart, be safe, be cool, but always be excellent to each other. Dot com.